Hey, it's Sharice. And today we review the very last episode of TNG. We find out that the ghost of Christmas past, present, and future was Q all along. And we ask the question, why can't Picard and Beverly just be happy together? Stick with us. Welcome to the TNG Podcast, the number one place in the Alpha Quadrant to geek out about all things Star Trek The Next Generation. I'm your co-host, Sharice. Hey, I'm your co-host, Andrea. And today, Sharice, I don't want to. I don't want to. I don't want to do it. Well, you know what? You already watched it. So I mean, that's, that I mean let's honor that. Let's honor the struggle. You know, yeah. this was a 90 minute episode or something. And like it that. was a struggle. It was my friend. Guys, I cannot believe I'm saying this and I'm probably going to cry a few times. Today, we are breaking down the series finale of Star Trek The Next Generation season seven, episode 25, sometimes also called episode, episode 25 and 26. All good things. This episode was written by Brandon Braga and Ronald D. Moore and directed by, I finally got a video of somebody saying the name because I've been saying Weinrich Kolb the whole time. Mm -hmm. It's Vinrich Kolb. And I was like, that's a cool sounding name. So I apologize (laughs) for all these years of saying it wrong, but there it is. Here's all good things. I, I hate this so much. I hate that this is ending. In the series finale, Captain Picard learns from Q that he is to be the cause of annihilation of humanity and begins an incredible journey through time from the present to the past when he first took command of the Enterprise to 25 years into the future. Bum, bum, bum. (sighs) Last one. Ah. Okay. What are your initial thoughts on this one? This is like a really um, good idea. I really like this idea, especially for a finale because it, yeah. And this is really part of my final thoughts was it was so cathartic, but my initial thoughts yeah. was that um, I don't remember this at all. So all I remembered from this episode was <laughs> I remember Q and like the trial on humanity has never ended. I remember that. Yeah. I remember there was some time jumping, but I don't remember why. I remember mm. Beverly and Picard were divorced, which I thought was such a ripoff because God we never got it. to see them be so happy together. stupid. I know. Those are the three things and the only three things I recalled from All Good Things. I've only seen this episode slash these two episodes probably maybe twice, like two or three times. Like I saw it once when it aired. Mm-hmm. I saw it once on the rewatch. And maybe that's it. Because when I get to season seven, I usually stop watching after You're Firstborn. Like, right, right back to season three. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I stop watching after the episode when Alexander comes back from the future. And then yep. I go back to the very end of season one to like symbiosis, which is like the third to last episode or whatever. Yep. And then I just, you know, keep it pushing. So um, this was and totally you know what? a bonus episode for me. That episode where Alexander comes back, that's a good enough place to end things for me. Seriously. Like, Mm -hmm. perfectly cromulent place to end things, (laughs) to quote Bart Simpson. Like, it's it's perfectly good. Yeah, you don't need all this, but it was quite cathartic. Um, My initial thoughts on this were, no, please. No. And here's why. Because it's the end of one of my most beloved TV shows ever, so I don't like that. But also, I don't remember the episode itself being that great. Like, I do remember the Beverly Picard divorce. I remember the Eremotic Syndrome. I remember the spatial anomaly being, like, bigger in the past than in the future, which I always was like, that's dumb. Like, that doesn't make any sense. Um, But that's kind of it. Yeah, like, the Trial of Humanity stuff. But all of the other parts, I don't really remember. But also, as it turns out, doesn't really matter. Because those mm-hmm. were it. That was like the big. That's part. pretty much the. That's pretty much the show. That's the episode. That's the that's, whole. That's, that's the whole it. episode. Mm-hmm. I do have. I have a chunk of trivia about this, which I'm just going to give off the top. 
Um, there were early versions of this story that included the Borg attack at Wolf 359 as a fourth main timeline, which I thought would have actually been really cool because it is such a keystone moment in Picard's life because he was locutus. He was not in control of himself. The Borg had him. He was, you know, he lives for the Federation and he cost Federation members their lives, you know, mm-hmm. stuff like that. Um, according to Brandon Braga, who was the co-writer of this episode, Hugh would have appeared as well helping to rescue Picard from the Borg in that timeline, Um, which I was like, that's kind of cool, but I think the show would have probably started to feel really crowded. Mm -hmm. Um, The story also originated from a pitch by Ronald D. Moore early in the season where Q's gone insane, causing the universe to come unraveled, and the other characters found themselves in bizarre places, like with Q as a homeless guy sitting on a corner next to a garbage can muttering, I used to be a super being, I used to be a super being, which I'm like, I'm really glad they didn't go that direction. Um, and although Michael Pillar did not want to do that particular story, he did like the idea of bringing Q back and using him to bookend the series, which I thought was actually really smart because Mm -hmm. he was the one who kind of kicked off the series. And Mm -hmm. I love the ending and I love that they brought back Denise Crosby. Yeah, that Um, was really sweet. And we don't need to have Wesley back because we got to see him a few episodes ago in a really stupid episode, but we did get to see him. So we did kind of get our farewell to Wesley and we know he's off doing bigger and better things in the world and so to see yar come back was really nice yeah and i think yeah having there's no way to like de-age wesley either to make him look like 14 again you know what i mean like denise crosby looked almost the same she did in season one so it's like yeah he'd have to it'd have to be present wesley but we already like talked about what happened to him in the present so it'd be kind of weird but yeah i i love that they bookended with q because Mm -hmm. encounter at farpoint we were just talking off mic is not our favorite episode it's just so dumb but Q did start it all. So it's he nice did. to have Q in the finale again. That was nice. I do think four timelines would have been too many timelines because yeah. we also mentioned this off mic that taking notes in this episode was extremely challenging because there was yes. so much jumping around with timelines. And it would have been easier just to like, just watch it and just enjoy mm-hmm. it than really trying to go beat by beat. So if there was a fourth timeline, I don't even know what I would do with myself. That'd be too many things. Like, but yeah. I do think bringing back in in the Borg would have been super interesting. But mm-hmm. even without it, I think this idea is interesting. Something with past, present, future. And we yeah. get to see kind of the scope of Picard's life. And yeah. the lives of his friends. So I, I think that yeah. like was really, really interesting and a great idea for a finale. Because to me, it felt like, and this again is a little bit of my final thoughts, but it felt like the episode ended, but it didn't. It ended on a dot, 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 on mm-hmm. an ellipsis, mm-hmm. which I appreciate. Because I don't feel like it's the end of the Enterprise. They're not doing anything after this. It's like, no, they yeah. just go on about their adventures and go on doing and what they do. Continue. Yeah. So I, I like that it didn't end, but I also like that it didn't, make me go like but what happens next you know i don't it wasn't a cliffhanger i don't have to know what they do tomorrow yeah you know you're right because if it would have ended with preemptive strike which was last week's i believe with row taking off it would have been an, a very unceremonious ending where this felt special it felt momentous and more important. Like he's bouncing back and forth. Mm-hmm. Q is making it happen. There is a lot at stake. Like literally everything is at stake. Like humanity's yeah. existence is at stake. This is yeah. the most stakes you could put on <laughs> a person, right? Yes. Or on a situation. And of course, you know, in the end, he figures it out. The team solves it and they can continue. So it's like you passed the final test and you mm-hmm. are allowed to continue going on your adventures. And that you're right. You're right. I really, I guess I do like it for 
that. I just, I just really hate that it's over, but um, let's just jump right in. So Worf and Troy are coming out of the holodeck after what was obviously a, a cute little date. And as they're walking back to her quarters, Worf wants to discuss Riker and he wants to be respectful with Riker and, and the past that she has with him. And, and I do appreciate that about Worf because he's Mr. Honor, right? Mm-hmm. And, and he, and he really respects Commander Riker and loves him as a peer, right? And everything they've been through. So he's like, I really do want to focus on like, I just want to be respectful and like let him know these are my intentions. And I love that Deanna is like, why don't we think about our feelings first? And as they go to kiss, Captain Picard in his bathrobe featuring the deep V-neck comes <laughs> off the turbo lift and he's like, Counselor, what day is this? It felt very yes. Christmas Carol. Like what that, year yeah, is it? That bathrobe is both comfortable and cold at yes. the same time. <laughs> it would never work for you because you're never always a work cold for person. me. Never work for me. Yeah. But I also have friends that are like perpetually too hot in any yeah. situation they're in so that'd be perfect for them um also did you notice that he ran to troy to ask her like what year it is or what started it mm-hmm. is or whatever he also passed two people in the hallway i sure did I notice that i sure did notice that and then anyway you can ask the computer and then by the quarters. way at the end of the episode when it comes right back to this exact same scene he's getting out of the turbo lift so i'm like wait a minute wait a minute so he went on a journey to go and ask troy specifically he absolutely did he could have yeah he could have asked the computer he could have asked let's say he just woke up in the turbo lift in his robe he could have asked sure. the computer in the turbo lift mm-hmm. when the doors open he could have asked the first person he came across hey young man what day is it it's christmas yeah. eve like he could have done yes, that but 100%. he like goes running right at the point when they're about to kiss and it's like wait 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 before you do that what's today okay <laughs> okay just making sure right? as you were you know it's just right? like oh but he didn't do as you were he goes okay well in that case i need to talk to you right now Yes, because he says, I don't know how to explain this, but I'm moving back and forth through time. Credits. And usually (laughs) I skip the credits because they're long and I'm like, I've got notes to write. But because it's the last episode, I watched the credits and I will tell you this. While watching the credits, I thought back about how much my life has changed since we started doing this podcast Mm -hmm. and like where I started and where I am now. And it really did make me be like, wow, I can't believe we started this podcast like three and a half years ago. At the time of this recording. Yes. Mm -hmm. At the time of this recording, I'm like, how did we get here? And my life has changed in a million ways and stayed the same in a million others. But I used that time to be like, dang, (laughs) like Mm -hmm. it was, it was crazy. So I appreciated it. I appreciated the whole credits. Yeah, that's beautiful. I skipped it. Like I always do. I'm like, and I actually wait for the little skip button to come up. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, come on, come on, come on, come on. Boom. Because sometimes they take too many That's seconds what I do. for it to pop up. And I'm like, buddy, because I know this is long too. And I'm going to be like fast forward too too far just to get over it. Now, back from credits, we're in Troy's quarters. Picard says, it feels like he's waking from a nightmare. Like the details are kind of slipping away really quickly, which thank goodness that element sort of goes away because otherwise it'd be too hard to, for him to keep the story straight. But he kind of got the sense that it was like sometime before he took command of the enterprise. And then he was also an old man, like doing something with his hands. And Troy's like, could this have been a strong dream? And he's like, no, it was way more real than a dream. And at this point, after being through, going through everything they've gone through as a team, I'd be like, all right, let's get a level one diagnostic running. Right. Let's just start scanning everything. Yep. Just scan because it doesn't cost anything to scan. Just scan everything at all times. Keep the scan running all seven seasons. (laughs) <laughs> it doesn't do that. cost anything that's what the ship's doing anyways yeah 
But she, you know, as a very Troy thing to do is sitting and listening to him like, okay, let me hear all your concerns. You know, let me hear the whole story before I make a judgment, which is the right thing to do. Mm. And as he's talking, boom, suddenly he's back at Chateau Picard, which is where I'm guessing he's at, since we don't really get a total like rundown of where he's at, but that's the only place that makes sense. And he's like, he's not picking grapes from the vineyard, but he's he's like tying the vines. vines. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. And we find out that he was an ambassador. He's now retired. So this is like way, way in the future. Mm-hmm. And Jordy shows up and he is no longer wearing his visor, but instead he's wearing some really cool contacts. Yeah. So we're like, like okay. Mechanical contacts. Super yeah. Cool. So again, we're like, okay, clearly this is the future. Like no visor equals future for Jordy. Otherwise mm-hmm. you can't tell because he hasn't aged. <laughs> so otherwise you can't, you cannot tell time well, has passed. He does have a really bad mustache on. And I was like, no, Jordy, no, <laughs> not the mustache. I hate a plain mustache. It feels very 1970s cop slash Mm, sexual predator so i'm always like you know like just only if only sexual predators had like a uniform and like you know just like a style where we could just identify from a distance there he is there he is like that would make law enforcement so much easier but yeah would so the thing that i thought was interesting about this scene with them both having age is it totally reminded me of the last scene in Harry Potter and the last Harry Potter movie mm. where they're like 20 years older yeah and how um at the time of this recording the 20th anniversary of that movie coming out has already passed yeah and so they Harry did Potter. yeah so so they did come back 20 years later to be like oh you know so good to see you again whatever and they look amazing and they, they all look said, so much better than the age yes versions. and that's what they yeah. said they were like oh my gosh we're so glad that 20 years later we look better than we did on in the movie of what they thought we would look like 20 years later right and i thought the same thing (laughs) here i was like wow looking at how they all look in their prediction of what these people are going to look like 25 years later and knowing that we have just seen them in picard season three not too long ago they all look way better in real life than they did in these projections every last one of them looks amazing so anywho that's what I thought of here. I was like, wow, these actors age so much better than they look in this episode. So Jordy's talking about his family and, you know, Picard's asking questions. And he married a woman named Leah. Leah. And yep. I was like, mm? who's the director of the Daystrom Institute? And I was like, I was no, like, is this no. Miss Brahms? Does she get no. divorced from her ex-hubby and like hook up with one well, who? So that's what happened. And then he has three kids, Brett, Alondra and Sydney. So, of course, I Googled it because the whole this whole crew shows up in Picard season three. And we yeah. get where are they now? So I'm yeah. like, didn't he have two daughters in that? And so I Googled it and he had two daughters in Picard named Alondra and Sydney. So they get out of here. That. They did. Keep oh, that. my God. I love that. And so many things from this episode show up again in Picard that it helped Thank me know you. that this is Thank literally you, writers. This is literally the only episode they watched before they started writing that show. Thank let you, me writers. tell you. Let me tell you, there were so many inconsistencies, but yeah, this yeah, episode yeah. clearly they watched <laughs> and studied this episode before I'm, they started Picard. I'm so glad to hear that because in Picard season one, he has a vineyard um in yes. Bordeaux, France. Um, it's Chateau Picard. I there is a real wine called Chateau Picard that you can buy. And I was like, ooh, maybe I'll treat myself to like I'm not really a big wine person, but I also like won't say no to wine. I'm I'm a cocktails person myself, but if somebody gives me a glass of wine, I'm like, oh, okay. Um, I was like, maybe, you know, like ending this whole podcast, like I'll treat myself. Girl, it's $60 a bottle. I was like, I'm good. I'm I'm super good. <laughs> is that is that a lot or a little bit for wine? I that is a lot for oh, wine. Because okay. like okay. you could go to Trader Joe's and get a perfectly lovely bottle of wine for like $8. So I was like, Oof. okay. Oh yeah. Word. All right. I'm going to just go ahead and wait on that one. Because <laughs> no thanks. Also, um, 
I love the way that Jordy calls ca- to the captain when he shows up at the vineyard. Captain Picard to the bridge. We've got a problem with the warp core, the phase inducers, or some other damn thing. And I was like, oh, Jordy. <laughs> yeah, you do. Yeah, you yeah. do. <laughs> <laughs> we love you so much, Jordy. Fangirls. Uh, Picard has been diagnosed with a neurodegenerative disease called Aromatic Syndrome. Which he also has in Picard season one. So yes, he they does. did like I said, they really they actually watched this one and I'm mm-hmm. pretty sure only this one episode <laughs> yeah, really before building grow. Picard. So there's like a lot of time. So if you haven't They're seen like, Picard Morph? yet, who? <laughs> right. Right. So if you haven't seen Picard yet, definitely give it a bridges? watch mm. after this to get some where are they now vibes. Yes. Um, but this is our first time finding this out. And it's super sad, you know, and Jordy's like, you know, and Picard's kind of like, I'm not an invalid. Like, you didn't have to come to rush to my bedside. Like, I'm not dying on my bedside or whatever. Yeah. And Jordy's like, well, I just, you know, I heard the news and I wanted to come see you. So it's very, it's really just very sweet. sweet. It is. And as they're walking through this vineyard, which Aromatic Syndrome, he's just been diagnosed with, it's going to be 25 years before anything, before he dies of this or whatever, right? Like, according to this, like, disease. and. Picard's like, how did you know? And he's like, well, you know, I've got some friends in Starfleet. But he's like, I'm fucking Jordy. I'm Jordy, dude. Yeah. I know everybody, everybody and everywhere, knows. right? Everybody I came knows. from Rigel Picard. Three- yeah. And he goes, well, I was in the neighborhood. And Picard's like, no one just comes to Earth from Rigel 3 because you're in the neighborhood. And I was like, yeah. So as they're walking through the vineyard, <laughs> True. <Picard's>, Picard <laughs> sees some like angry villagers and they look just like the, you know, the peanut gallery from the Trial of Humanity from Encounter at Farpoint. They're like screaming and shaking their broken fans at him and stuff. Mm-hmm. And suddenly, boom, it's And 30... for some reason, in this scene, Picard's like, can't you see them, Jordy? They're all laughing at me. And I was like, they don't. They don't seem like they're laughing to me. Well, they, they seem like they're yelling at you. Yelling. And they're like, one guy's like taking off his hat like he wants to throw it, but I guess he doesn't want to lose the prop. So he like pretends to throw it Brandishes and puts it back on his head. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, mm, mm, okay. But it doesn't look like they're having a good time. So no. in any case, yes. Then we're then we're back in time. Then we go. And now we're back Way in time. back to, it's 32 years in the past. It's the day that Picard is about to take command of the Enterprise. So I guess from the present, they go like 25 years in the future and and like seven years in the past or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and Tasha Yar is right in the middle of asking him whether he's ever been on a Galaxy-class starship. And I was like, oh, my God. It is so lovely to see Denise Crosby, number one, back. She's come back a few times. Mm-hmm. Um, but this is like, really, Bonnie. yeah. This, this is this is her. her. This is original Yar right here. This is original Yar. This in original the, garb. Did you notice yep. the old uniform? Season that was one, one so helpful for figuring out the yep. timeline. For me. It really was. <laughs> I'm so glad that they like made that costume change. One, because it just looks better. But two, so we know where everybody is. Mm-hmm. Um, also, this is the only season finale that Tasha Yar is on for TNG. The only one, which I was like, oh, because like she mean, died like, in only ser- yeah, yeah, yeah. The only she died in finale for season one, episode twenty two, yeah, and there were twenty six episodes, so yeah. So they talk about what the Enterprise is like, and it's this funny moment where Tasha goes, and there she is, as if we've like rounded the corner and could just see her for the first time. Did you notice? She as if we couldn't the see her for the last screen. three light years, we couldn't. Yes, see her? yeah, that's yeah. what I said. I was like, they've been able to see her for the last three hundred thousand kilometers. It takes up. A- all of the windows of the shuttle. It's not even the view screen. It's like the, the front view screen and the side windows. And he's and I love that she's like, and there she is. Bum, 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 bum. I was like, girl, we're like practically <laughs> scraping the belly of the beast right now. Anyway. But anyway. let me tell you though. Okay, so there's this video game called Star Trek Bridge Crew. And that's how the game starts. The game starts with you in a shuttle 
going around the Enterprise, just yeah. like in this scene. And it's glorious. I play it on my um, VR headset. So it's mm-hmm. like you're, you feel like you're in the, sh- like you're looking around, you can see the, the L cars oh and the God. panels in the shuttle. And when you look up to the view screen, you see the entire Enterprise or whatever that ship is supposed to be. I'm assuming it's supposed to be the Enterprise. And the shuttle actually like goes around the ship and it's glorious. Every time I play it, it takes my breath away. But the first time I played it, I was like, oh my gosh. Like I was just a <laughs> nerdvana, let me tell yeah. you, being able to be in a shuttle looking at this beautiful starship. Um, but in any case, so I wrote in my notes, glorious. Next okay. thing you know, we're in Troy's quarters and um, Picard is telling Troy that he was just with Tasha. And it's very like solemn moment because yeah. when he was past Picard, he was he was staring at Tasha and she was like, did I do something wrong? And he was like, no, you just remind me of someone. So you're kind of like, is he remembering or not remembering? Because yeah. he, he talked about how his memory... Is a little he's a little disoriented and confused, and then everything comes rushing back to him. Right, right. So it's like in this moment, you're like, do you know what present Picard knows? And you're just like marveling at seeing Tasha, or are you in past Picard's mind thinking this is just the moment and you just seem familiar? Yeah, yeah. It's still like not super clear. Yeah. Yeah. So next thing you know, we're in sick bay. And mm-hmm. now Beverly's doing all the scans, like the infinite number of scans that we yep. need to do in this situation. And Troy is saying, like, well, did you check for temporal displacement? Which, again, I was like, okay, okay. Somebody mm-hmm. took their uh, officer's test. You yeah. know, she's not Bridge just in there going. Officer Troy. Mm-hmm. She's not just in there <laughs> going, like, um, I don't know. How do you feel about it? You know, she's yeah. like, <laughs> she's being like, okay, something's going on with the with Picard. If it's not neurological, if it's not something we can scan, maybe it's something temporal. Maybe it's this. Maybe it's that. I mean, they're going into action mode, which is why we love this crew. Yeah. We see pregnant. Lieutenant Ogawa coming I in know. and rubbing her belly um, and saying that according to their records, Picard hasn't left the ship at any moment. So he's experiencing traveling through time, but his body's not going anywhere mm-hmm. and his mind seems to be okay. But yeah. so, so what's going on? Like what is really going on? At no point did they just not believe him in the present, which is really mm-hmm. amazing because it's crazy. Like, I mean, the thought itself is like, they've, they've seen crazier. So it's actually not that wild. But the fact that they're doing all the scans and they're like, no, 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 he hasn't left. Like, he for sure has not left. Then it's like, well, what could be going on? And then Beverly has a private word with Picard. And because he had asked about the aromatic syndrome and stuff like that. And she's like, you do not have it. However, mm-hmm. you do have this small neurological defect, which could potentially lead to a bunch of other defects in the future. But mm-hmm. what are the chances of that? We have no idea. Da, 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 da. And Picard's like, well, then why do you look like, you know, your puppy just died? Why are you looking at me mm-hmm. like that? You know, and she's yeah. like, well, just because because even though she's saying probably nothing will happen at the same time, she's like, well, you saw your future and you know that it happens. So she's trying to reconcile in her mind of like, well, yeah. if he is jumping to the future, which we're all just assuming he is. Yeah. He knows what's going to happen. Yeah, and even though yeah. I haven't found evidence of that, I found evidence that that could happen. And just the thought of it. You know, it's really upsetting, which is totally, totally understandable. Yeah. Yeah. Now, while this is happening, an admiral calls Picard for a fleet-wide yellow alert. The Romulans are fucking around again in the neutral zone. Okay. As they are, as they are want to do. Yeah. I love that we get to see Admiral Nakamura again because we I haven't know. seen him since I think since Hutch's little dinner party was the last Something. time we saw him. Uh, or no, since some something that something that the Picard didn't want to go to, and they kept trying to fix the warp 
you know, yes. this ship so they can you're get to right, that you're party right, or you're whatever. Right. And and the ship was like, uh, the ship was like, uh, Picard was like, I'm so sorry, but the ship is actually acting up and we actually can't get there. And he's like, well, we'll move it and reschedule it and reschedule it. And he's like, but he I was can't like, get we'll, there. We'll get like a ship to come tow you to like drag you out. And he was like, no, 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 I assure <laughs> you the ship will be fine in another hour or two. Um, yeah. That was so it was nice to see Admiral Nakamura again and yeah. take a break from Admiral Nechev. Because we got to say our goodbyes to her. We've seen her a bunch of times. We did. So I, we More times than we need to. Yeah. So, Picard, <laughs> really? you need to head to the Devron system and see what's going on over there. You can send probes and long-range scans, but do not cross into Romulan space unless provoked by the Romulans. And then it's like, boom, future. And Picard's like, this is not my time. And I was thinking, you know, Picard's like, I'm not supposed to be here. And I was like, Picard, neither am I. This is starting to get really tiring to be like past, present, future, past, future, future, present. Yeah. It's like also uh, like Chateau Picard is just like, I don't have a lot of fond memories of it from this show because yeah. the one and only time we've seen it before was in the episode Family, which was like yeah. so stupid. So stupid. So I'm like, could we just have him like anywhere else, but on the, like in the vineyard? And a cantina or something, like literally <laughs> oh, anything. Oh man, the cantina. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, at least in a cantina, there'd be something interesting going on. But he's literally mm-hmm. walking through a vineyard with a bucket. I'm like, yeah. oh, okay. Well, anywho, so he starts yelling at Jordy that he's in the wrong time. And the way he's doing it sounds like, and you know, someone who has dementia or some other, yes. some other condition where you are disoriented. You yeah. can't tell past from present from future. In this case, he really, he can tell. But no one else can tell. But everything mm-hmm. he's saying sounds so crazy. And he's not able to articulate himself when he's the old, when he's the future yeah. captain. Like he cannot articulate yeah, himself well at all. Like he can in the present and in the past. So he's yelling at Jordy like, I don't belong here. This isn't right. And Jordy's just like, okay, okay. When it, when was the last time you saw your doctor? Let's just go see. And he's like, don't yeah. which just makes him more angry, right? So he's like, all right, all right. And so Picard's like, I want to see Data. Data will understand. He will understand. And Jordy, to his credit, is like, okay. All right, let's go see Data instead of being mm-hmm. like, mm, we're going to see your doctor first and then we're going to go see Data. You know, yeah, he's like, yeah. all right, whatever you say. So he takes him to go see Data. We see the little, you know, the peanut gallery kind of show up again and they, yep. they just kind of show up throughout throughout the thing. Yeah. So next thing you know, we're in Data's residence, which I legitimately I wrote in my notes. I was like, oh, Baker Street. Hundred <laughs> percent, and they were like, he "Oh is, no, it's his residence." I was like, oh, he's in, "Does he live in Baker he, Street?" He's in, he's in Cambridge University. He's got cats everywhere. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, Sir Isaac Newton lived there, so it is definitely two twenty one B Baker Street from all the Sherlock <laughs> programs. He's got a he's got a um, housekeeper who's not Mrs. Hudson; it's Jessel. And they're kind of chatting and he's got this like gray streak in his hair because he's like, I, I've learned that like people sort of feel uncomfortable if you never age. So I did this to age myself. And I was like, mm, yeah, I also get why nobody else likes it because he does kind of look like a skunk. Mm-hmm. But whatever. I love it. That's just and like I, my streak. So I was I like, I love it. <laughs> I was like, I love a really it, cool red you streak. It. <laughs> yeah, you, you have a really, really cool red streak in your hair. He's got like what somebody's clearly put like a couple of like manila envelopes like around his head and then just spray painted some like gray where I was like <laughs> but he does tell Jessel he's like clear my schedule have so and so take all of my lectures for the next couple of days actually for the next week we're getting to the bottom of this and I was like yes this was the saving grace for yeah. me Something's in future scenes right well the you know how I get triggered when you're trying to say something and nobody's listening right yes. like that's why I hate those episodes when like one person is like, but it's happening. And everybody's like, oh, okay, let's get you to bed. It's like, why don't you just listen to them? However, I also recognize everybody else is in the position too, knowing like 
Picard is not as sharp as he used to be. He has this aromatic syndrome. He He's not articulating himself well, and he's not able to explain himself as clearly as like past Picard or present mm-hmm. Picard can. So they're also in a bind because they're like, well, you're just kind of acting like old and senile. Like, mm-hmm. what do you want us to do? But also I'm like, is this the first time he's acted senile? Because you guys are acting like he's just been senile for the last 10 years. And it's like, here's just another episode of his like senility. It's like, mm-hmm. no, no, he's really trying to tell you guys something. And he's right. Okay. It's like the quantum filament thing. It's like, well, I can't see it, but it's still there. Like, I hate the future scenes because nobody listens to him until they mm. finally do like at minute, like 86 or whatever. And then I'm like, I mean, finally. I feel like everybody listens to him in the future. They just listen to him more um, like haltingly. Because of the aromatic mm. syndrome. Like I in, guess you're in right. The, yeah. In the past, they're like, they don't want to listen to him either in the past because he seems so erratic and crazy. But because he's the boss, they're just like, okay, okay. And then in the present, they just do everything he says because they completely yeah. trust him. In yeah. the future, they do everything he says, but they do it with looking at each other first. Okay. You know, like they really mm-hmm. don't know that it, all of this isn't a figment of his imagination. And Beverly mm-hmm. even says at one point, if this was anyone else but you, we wouldn't listen at all. So That's basically, the only reason they're listening is because of the past credit and credibility he has that he's built up over the past, like, 30 years. Mm-hmm. Um, That's the only reason they're listening to him at all. And they are they're they do listen, but it's like, he, he's got to definitely do a lot more convincing, which is hard because he's inarticulate. So they yeah. kind of are all just basically humoring him because they feel yeah, obligated. More so I than they really believe him. I mean, Data seems to really believe him, but everyone else is kind of humoring him. They're like, okay, sure, let's let's go, you know? Yeah. So Data's like, I'm on it. Let's get to the bottom of it. He's excited. He's into it. Now we're back in the past and we're in the shuttle bay and Tasha is welcoming Picard onto the ship. We've got the whole bridge crew there. We've got Worf with his little bob haircut. We've got <laughs> Troy with I his with her space, space cheerleader, cheerleader hair. We've got the old out uniforms. The scants are back. The scants are back and they are like a rash. They're just everywhere. <laughs> They're all <laughs> over the place. <laughs> they are everywhere. I did, like, I know the show, they, they all tried their very best, but it was weird to me to see Troy in the scant because one, they tried to do her hair the way it was in the pilot, but they completely underestimated how goddamn frizzy they made her hair in the pilot. Like, it was like a smoothed down, glowed up, updated version of the space cheerleader. But mm-hmm. I was like, no, no, her hair was frizzy and damaged as fuck. Like, so goddamn damaged in season one. Like, you didn't you didn't quite do it. Plus, also, Troy is seven years older now, like, right? So it's like the actress is seven years older. So it was it was close, but not quite all the way right. But still, you know, they tried. The only people that are missing are Beverly and Riker because they haven't picked them up at Farpoint Station yet. Mm-hmm. And I think it was smart to write it that way because you cannot babyface Riker again. You just can't do it. I know, without getting rid of his beard, which he wouldn't do. Absolutely not. Absolutely don't touch that beard. Don't s- step away with those clippers. Mm-hmm. So they kind of worked a way around later in the episode where they used to some stock footage from the Arsenal of Freedom where he was a baby face. Mm-hmm. Where they're like, uh, we got a mission. We're, I don't we'll think so- that was Arsenal of Freedom. I think that was actually from Encounter at Farpoint. That was the scene where he met Data in the holodeck or wherever you they were. So? Yeah, when oh. he was when he was like whistling and then Data's like, amazing how you humans do that. Like that was the scene from oh. the first episode. So oh, I thought that was so? genius oh. because I was like, this is 
exactly what he looked like. This yeah, is exactly because, what was going because on. It's video of him from that episode. Yeah. Oh, and I they did a lot of freedom because of all the jungle behind him where I was like, this looks it, like Arsenal of Freedom, but okay, maybe it's not. Yeah, it was a yeah. holodeck scene. It was they were in the jungle, and that's when he that's was like, awesome. What is this? And he was like, It's the holodeck, sir. And he was mm. like, What? Yeah. Gotcha. As Picard's going to give his um speech, he starts mm-hmm. to see the peanut gallery again pop up all over the place. And he totally freaks out and he calls a red alert and he's like, all hands to battle stations. And everyone's like, sir, because he was he didn't even finish his speech. He didn't even get he didn't even get through like, thank you, ladies and gentlemen, for coming. Like he didn't even get through that. And so everyone's looking around all confused. And then Tasha Yar is like, you heard him move. And then everyone jumps to attention and starts scattering to go to their battle stations Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. because we're at red alert. And this is his first act as captain before he even finishes the whole I am now the I'm now the leader. I'm you know the whole mm-hmm. thing. He hasn't even finished that. So you're like, what the heck is going on? And my yeah. thought in the scene was like, if I was on that crew, I'd be like, oh man, we got a madman <laughs> as our captain. Can, we, can I be transferred to another ship? He's like looking, I was so excited. Looking, right, like now. we're still on space dock at Earth. Like I could just jump off real quick. <laughs> like one to beam down. No one will even know. There's yes, they're still at the dock. Exactly. I'm gonna be at the dock. You guys just I'm gonna catch yeah, the next one. I left the next left ship my, that comes along. I'm gonna my catch that one. Bag. At the dock, I'm just gonna go grab it real quick. You go on it without me. Without me, me. I'll catch up. I'll catch up. (laughs) So Um, okay. Next thing you know, we're in the observation lounge. Right. And well, Picard, you know, gets feelers from the senior crew. Right. And he asks Troy, like, are you getting any sense of an alien presence that isn't supposed to be there? And this is a common thread throughout the episode because he suspects, like, I wonder if this is Q fucking with me, which I mean would make sense. knowing q as we know him mm-hmm. but troy's like no i don't and my question was uh it's q i don't think troy could ever sense when he was there right no. so it's like no mm. no well, tro- i think maybe at the very least i remember her maybe being like uh we're dealing with something like so much more complicated than we've ever dealt with before or something like that mm. but i was like i don't think you've ever been able to sense q yeah what i remember her sensing from a encounter at Farpoint, the first episode was the space jellies. That's what she sensed. Like she mm-hmm. sensed a presence that was very sad and alone or whatever. Um, and then when the space jellies were u- reunited and floating off into space, she sensed gratitude and joy. Yeah. But I don't totally recall her sensing Q, but Q is Q. Like he can be sensed if he chooses to. He can thank he you. can be standing right next to somebody with his arm around them and they don't notice mm-hmm. until they turn around and look at his face, right? Mm-hmm. So, but whatever, like trying to put Troy to good use with her special Troy abilities, but it does not come through here. And so, and they've scanned everything, nothing's anomalous and they're kind of like, well, you know, Worf's kind of like, well, it, it would help if we knew what you wanted us to scan for, sir. Like maybe then mm-hmm. we could be a little more specific. And Picard's like, I cannot be more specific. And it's like, okay. All and right then, then he he's like, he he gives some orders accidentally to Worf because he's been giving Worf orders for like seven straight years or six yeah. straight years. And Yar stands up and is like, excuse me, sir, but I'm head of security. I should do that unless you want to make some changes like she's very professional like unless you yeah. want to basically fire me and give Worf my job just let me know now so I can yeah. take off this uniform you know and uh totally. like, Abs- absolutely not no yes I meant for you you to follow out the orders and it's just kind of like this moment where it was like oh Yara's been gone for so long like he didn't even think about giving her an order because he hasn't even been able to see her face for so long. I know. So I don't know. That moment was just, that moment was sweet. And also seeing O'Brien was also sweet. It was, it, it just was. felt very like, the only person missing from this episode was Guinan, basically. Like, we just got to see. I don't know why they didn't have Guinan in the in the present. 
I mean, she would have sensed too much, I feel like. Mm. he would have been like Picard you're traveling through time or something like that and you'd be like no yeah he would have said I'm traveling through time and she would have been like "Mm, yes cue the trial never ended maybe something like yeah I guess you're right now as they kind of get to battle stations and get to work um, the chief calls Picard to the bridge and did you notice I had to pause on this it made me laugh so hard there are two men coming out of the turbo lift carrying like a bin Mm -hmm. um, and it is they're trotting out this storage bin that we all have in our garage. Okay. When we put away our Christmas decorations, it wasn't like a future space storage bin girl. It was just, it was, Ikea. The, most, it was, it was the most basic dollar 99 plastic <laughs> storage bin. The kind that has like the interlocking lid that you like put yeah. it down uh-huh, together. Yeah. Right. And you can stack them all together. You get those puppies at like home Depot to put all your holiday decorations in. And it was kind of this like gray green spray painted color. And all they did was took a little Starfleet L cars, label and printed it on a inkjet printer and then just taped it on <laughs> this bin so it that bin most... didn't have christmas lights it had Elcar's panels inside of that bin <laughs> yes it's a picture of what's inside of it it's at the <laughs> 22 minute 49 second mark if anybody wants to go and look at it we all have at least one of these storage bins for our holiday decorations except this one seems to have been like shrunk down by 30 percent. it was like tiny um but i was like so a why are two men carrying this? Because I can carry the one that's 30% bigger when it's chock full of Christmas shit. Um, <laughs> but I thought that was hilarious. I was like, hold the phone, fo- hold the phone. Look at this storage bin. And it was literally just tape, like had a taped picture of an Elkars display on it. I was like, what is this? That's great. I thought that it was is so great. great. And we also learn a number of vessels are heading um, between Federation and Romulan space. So, uh-oh, like this large spatial anomaly has appeared in the Devron system. Starfleet is canceling the mission to Farpoint Station, but Picard ignores that. And the entire crew is like, uh, WTF, buddy. Like, yeah, what's he's going like, on? He's like, yeah, veto that. We're just, we're going to keep going to Farpoint Station. And they're like, sir, yeah. but it's a direct order from Starfleet. He's like, I know, engage. Like, he's like I of, said. He's not, he's and not they're a like, captain in the past. He puts no. him in all sorts of danger, and he's like, "No, I was like, did you take, did you take a page out of Jericho's book? Like, what? Seriously, going on? no time, no time, exactly." <laughs> and I wrote in my notes, "Well, I guess, I guess he does need like Riker at all. Maybe that's why he's going. I didn't realize he was going so he could meet Q at the space net. I mm-hmm. thought he was going to get the rest of the crew, and I was like, maybe he needs them all together." to solve the mystery like you need the whole scooby-doo gang you can't just have one or two to like <laughs> really unveil that it was the gardener all along you you have to have the whole crew present inc- including the dog in order to really get to that point so right. but that's not why he was going to find q which we find out later so now we're in engineering and picard is telling o'brien exactly how to fix whatever's wrong with the ship because he's got mm-hmm. future knowledge and o'brien's like i'm like this is not my thing you know this is yeah, i don't know how to Jordy? do any of this he was on uh Farpoint Station. Jordy and Beverly were on Farpoint Station I it with was Riker. Riker and Beverly. Oh, I didn't know that Jordy was at Farpoint mm-hmm. as well. Okay, but that makes sense. All right, so he it was all three of them. However, Brian. Jordy was not the chief engineer until like halfway through season one. Anyways, You're right. So we there had, was some. Oh my god, girl! I we went through like that. we went through like seven engineers before we got to Jordy. So there should have still been not O'Brien doing this I job. Completely <laughs> forgot that Jordy was like the end. Like he didn't become chief engineer until it wasn't season until season two. two. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the first episode, episode of one. season two, and he had yeah. gotten a, a promotion. But oh my god, yeah, he didn't. Even, he wasn't even doing like full full engineering duties. Like yeah, because he, you know, he him and Worf were kind of just being bounced around for a while 
Uh, Worf was mostly just being Yar's little mini me, but mm-hmm. they were kind mm-hmm. of being bounced around for a while before they really found their rhythm in season two. Mm-hmm. So anywho, O'Brien's doing it. And then Picard tells him this whole thing about like, I remember that time, when, whatever he says, some memory yeah. of O'Brien. And O'Brien's like, um, how do you know all this about me? And Picard's like, oh, I read it in your file. And I was like, these files are too detailed. First okay? of all, you building ships in a bottle as a kid, that was in your personnel file? Come on now. Why would that be in your personnel file? And if it was your personnel file, why would Picard read that? You've got a thousand people on the ship. You need mm-hmm. to tell me. Like, I mean, just from Give me from two O'Brien's facts about that guy. Give me two facts about that guy right there. The one that just walked what's his, by. What's his grandfather's can't? name? What's yes. his name? Exactly. <laughs> you know what? Give me his first name. This is rank. Just rank. I Give me care. his name. Yeah. What did he dream? Yeah. What did he dream to be when he was six years old? Yeah. <laughs> did he break his knee or did he break his elbow? Like, how do you know? Anyways, so O'Brien's just He's like, like that's okay, the that- guy that lit on fire where no, where no one has gone before. Like, <laughs> the guy's like, sir, <laughs> back to work. Yeah, <laughs> sir. Did you say? Fi- did you say I was on fire? I'm sorry. What was that, sir? I got fire. No, no, you were on fire. Never mind. Get back. Nothing to work. Yeah. Get back to work. Just like I say to you after you catch fire. O'Brien's like, all right, we're going to be burning the midnight oil. And Data's like, that would be inadvisable because if you can bust mm. that type of, you know, material, petroleum-based material, yeah. the ship would ignite because of space or whatever. And he's like, it's just an expression, so sir. And Data's like, an expression of what? And he's like, I like love a, this moment. No, like a, like a verbal, just, just like a turn of phrase, just something we say. And he's like, aha. So it means one is working hard. He's like, yes, that was what it means. And Picard's like, buddy, why don't you come work with me? I, yeah. I could use your help. And O'Brien's well, just staring at him with his mouth open, like, which I love. F, yes. Like, I what love, just happened to me? I love everything about this little micro scene within yeah. the engineering scene. I love yeah. it. And here's why. It's cemented into my core memory so much that I thought it was a replay of a line that Data said on the pilot episode, we'll be burning the midnight oil, that would be inadvisable. And then I looked it up and I was like, he never actually said that in the pilot. But here's why I thought he did. Because the writers did such an incredible job of making Data be season one Data, where Mm -hmm. he just parses everything down to its molecules, that I was like, ah, look at the growth. Mm Mm-hmm. It's Brent Spiner playing Data seven Mm -hmm. years after he first started playing Data, but he played it as season one Data so well that I thought it fucking was season one Data. Yeah. And And I was like, God, you guys killed it. We get to see future Data who's so like intuitive and smooth and fluid in his language, in his mannerisms, in the way he moves his body, in his thinking. His thinking Mm -hmm. is not linear, Mm -hmm. but it's very Mm -hmm. like robust. And we get to see a huge progression in him as a person. Incredible. It's incredible. I I loved it so much. And I think that Picard at this moment, he looks at Data and kind of grins. And I was like, Mm -hmm. ah, you're overjoyed to see your old friend for the first time. Like, I love that so much. So he's like, Data, come with me. And so then when Data realizes the scope of what they're trying to do, he says, ah, we will be igniting the midnight petroleum. Or he says something like that. Yeah, that's exactly what he says. You're so Data. I freaking love it. And then bam, we're back in the present. And again, I'm exhausted. Now Riker is there. In sick bay. Yeah, in mm-hmm. sickbay with Picard and Beverly. And Beverly's scan shows that in the last two minutes, he's accumulated several days worth of memory. So they're like, ah, okay. Now we're going to have a briefing because we've got something like to hold on to. Quantitatively mm-hmm. saying something's going on here. Yeah. So they brief in the observation lounge and Riker points out that the spatial anomaly is actually going on in the Devron system. So Picard's like, ah, I might be able to find more answers in the past. And I like that at least present team believes him and is working with him on this one yeah, like very quickly no qualms 
No, like, at all. Yep, sounds good. Past team is like, who the fuck are you and why are you acting crazy? Which makes we sense. Literally he literally just met you. We just met you and you're acting crazy. Mm-hmm. Future team is like, we know you, we love you, you're sick, you're senile, you're not articulate, and you're, you're absolutely acting crazy. acting crazy. Yeah. So and we don't believe thank you. Thank God. This episode would have been nigh unwatchable, my friend, if it hadn't been for present team. Yeah. To be like, okay, yeah. you accumulated several days worth of memories in one minute. Obviously, something's happening. Oh. Battle stations. Mm-hmm. Go. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then, you know, when they have this briefing, they're like, all right, we're kind of going to be burning the midnight oil without referencing that scene. And so Riker says, hey, Deanna, it's going to be a really long night. Do you want to have dinner before we get started? And she says, uh, we have plans. And Worf is standing behind her. And Riker is like, oh, right. He kind of gets it and he seems disappointed. And I wrote in all caps, well, what did you expect, William? Yeah, yeah. You've been sleeping on this for seven years. Yeah, really? What did you expect, William? Really? Like, she's not on layaway. Like, you gotta, no. you gotta, yeah. I, I also- Go into cryogenic sleep, buddy. And wait for you. Well, what I did no. appreciate, though, is that even though he was kind of sad and disappointed, he was like, oh, okay. I'm so sorry. Um, yeah. Yes, have a good night. I'll see you in the morning. Like, he very much was like- go and be well yes, even though yes. on the inside he was like but i wanted to be with her you know yeah. he was on the outside but he not was enough like, yeah yeah right not enough to actually do anything about it um so i did appreciate but that so he wanted to like <laughs> get the fuck out of here i with do that. appreciate that he was just like sorry like i'll see you in the morning like that's it he didn't say anymore he didn't make anything awkward for anybody else he just kind of like held it there mm-hmm. um but i also felt like see Worf was right Worf was right to just be like and this is actually a question that i had for you um do you think that they should have told Riker that they were in a relationship? And if you do think so, who do you think should have told him? Um, Troy I'm so, or Worf? I'm so glad you asked this. I think that they should have told Riker, but not yet. I think it was still like very new for them. It seemed like yeah. they were on like their second or third date when mm-hmm. they came out of the holodeck at the top of the episode. So I think it's like, let's give it another week or two and see if this is anything because Riker is such a close and dear friend and such a respected colleague for both of them that like, let's not go disappointing him and being like, Hey, I'm moving on by the way. If it's, if it turns out to be nothing at all. Cause I have had a few dates where it's like, wow, this is really cool. And then like two, three dates later, you're like, "Mm, okay. So that's all that was. It was like a flash in the pan. It's not going to be anything. Mm -hmm. I think if they, I think if they did realize like, hey, this is going to be something, I think it should be Troy to say something because they're the ones that have the past. Mm-hmm. But as Troy, I would say, I want to be really transparent with you on this. Worf, it's very important to him as well. Like he also wanted to approach you on this, but I decided to take point on this because you and I have a history. Mm-hmm. That's, I think, how it should have been done. Mm-hmm. What do you think? Well, I don't know because, you know, in the um, in the Parallels episode when Worf was jumping mm-hmm. through times, he yeah. approached Riker. And said, yeah. I'm, you know, he was going to say I'm interested in dating Troy, but he never got the courage to say all that. He yeah. was just more like, <laughs> he kind of if, I was ever da- if I was ever interested in someone you were interested in, I would definitely have to tell you and definitely get your pro- approval and blah, 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 blah. And Riker's like, are you trying to date my sister? Like, like are you going okay, on? Yeah. yeah. She's like, you, you don't need my <laughs> yeah. approval for anything, which is, you know, is what Riker said. So I don't know the answer to this, but I, I feel like if I was Riker, I would want to know. And I wouldn't want to find out yeah. like this. I wouldn't want it to be like, um, we have plans, uh, read between the lines. Like I would rather have them just one of them either. It doesn't matter who, but I would rather like not be kind of blindsided. I mean, cause what if he walked in and they're in like 10 forward making out or something like yeah. that would be so like, w- w- when did that happen? Like, mm-hmm. I would just want to know. 
Um, it doesn't have to be a yeah. big thing, but I just would want to know and I wouldn't want to yeah. have to find out in some like surprise way. Yeah. So I think like just just to respect the relationships here, because that is like mm-hmm. Worf's best friend. And Troy and Riker always have this friends with benefits uh mm-hmm. situation. Mm-hmm. I agree with you. Like I think they should have, I think they should have told him, and I agree that it should have been Troy because they have the long history together. Yeah. And I think Troy should have been like, hey, just so you know, I'm dating Worf. It's a new thing. I don't know where it's going to go. Like, I mean, I would have told him like right as soon as I started having feelings with him, feelings for him, I would have been like, yeah, I have feelings for him and I want to explore that. I don't know where it's going to go, but just letting you know, boom, that's it. Like, it doesn't matter how serious our relationship is or isn't with Worf. It doesn't matter what happens in the future. Like, just want to let you know, this is the direction I'm going in. So if you see us on a date, like that's what we're doing. We're on a date, you know? Yeah, I, I think, I think that if this episode had started the way it started with them walking out of the holodeck, they were on a date. If Picard and his deep V-neck bathrobe had not interrupted that date, they obviously were going in for a kiss. So I think that they would have kissed. And then I think the next day, Troy should be like, hey, Riker, I I just want to talk to you real quick. Like, come come have some tea or something. And um, there's some stuff I want to tell you. And that's it. Like, you're right. It doesn't have to be a big deal. Also, she doesn't really owe him anything because the dude no, slept with literally everybody in the galaxy. She doesn't know him just, he, out just out of just respect. Just out of respect. And yeah. goodness knows he's never done this. But I'm just saying, yeah. like, just because, well, because every single woman on the galaxy that he slept with, like, is not on the ship. Yes. It's not, it's not yeah. her best and friend. Not, like, if he was yes, hooking up with exactly. Beverly, I think yes. he would owe her a conversation. Like, I if he so hooked too. up with Beverly, he needs to go and be like, hey, just so you know, just so you know. I'm you looking know, up with Beverly. Just want to let you know. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I, because we work together. Just, like we're that all just changed friends. My, you're right. That just changed my mind. In some ways, it's like, I don't owe you anything. But also it's like, no, you do though. You do owe him that. Because if you want to remain friends, you do yeah. owe him that. You know, yeah. owing somebody something usually comes with an if. If you want to remain friends, you do owe me a respectful conversation. If you don't want to remain friends and you don't owe me jack shit, that's fine. Mm-hmm. Right? So yeah, 100%. Um, I was hoping like after they had this holodeck date, she was going to go and have a chat with him. But yeah. you know, then the storyline picked up. Yeah, they whatever. pick up the storyline in the movies, but um, and like later on. But here, this is all we're going to get with the Troy Wharf Riker yeah. love triangle as far as in the present with yeah. what's going on between them. And you know what? I'm interested in, in what our listeners think too. So if you have an opinion on this... If you don't, you know, just ignore this part. But if you do, I would love to hear <laughs> your like thoughts. Most people do. Yeah, I don't know. So the question is, should they have told Riker about the relationship? And if so, which one of them should have told Riker? Let us know. Send us an email to info at the TNG podcast.com or you can find us on Instagram at the TNG podcast. So now we're on the bridge and Picard is talking to Riker and he's like, listen, I keep getting disoriented because, you know, the whole time jumping thing. So... If I get disoriented in a critical moment, Riker, please be ready to step in and take command of the ship. Ironically, Riker himself is extremely distracted in this moment and doesn't even hear that. And Picard's like, Riker, Riker, hello. And the Riker's like, oh, right. Yes, yes. Take control of ship if you got mm-hmm, got it. And he's like, I'm actually a little distracted myself. And he's distracted because he just found out that his best friend and his ex are hooking up. Yeah. And he's like, what just happened to me? Sad and, and a little upset. Yeah. Which is weird which is because like, usually, I, I, the, usually they have no emotions about anything. I mean, literally, Wesley got kidnapped. Beverly didn't shed a tear. Like <laughs> that girl's fiance got like obliterated in a plasma blast. And she was right? like, he was such a sweet man. Like they well, have no, but here he's, because, he's I think it's because it's Worf. Because it's Worf. You're right. Like if it was, if it was Joe Schmo down, down the corridor, he'd be like, have fun with that. 
But you're he right, because sure it's Worf. He's like, oh, man. Beverly, meanwhile, is looking at Picard all sorts of sad. He goes to his ready room to look over his data pads. So Eat she comes to see him. Whatever. Yeah. Eat, drink his Earl Grey or whatever. So she comes in and she orders some hot milk with nutmeg to help him sleep, which I was like, does that actually work? I don't know. But it sounds lovely. Kind that's of. like, that's her Aunt Adele's little recipe mm-hmm. that she busted out in season who knows what. Yeah. When he like couldn't sleep. Yeah, you're right. So she, there's a callback to that. Oh my God, I totally forgot about that. And she is just sad that he has this aromatic syndrome, or at the very least, he's got this neurological defect that can lead, to, lead it. Mm-hmm. to it. And they hold hands and kiss, and the kiss lasts 1.5 seconds. And I'll tell you what I did. I paused it and just stared at the screen for like five minutes because I was like, this is what we were supposed to have for yeah. the last at least three months worth of episodes. And I was like, I am going to give myself what the writers did not give me. <laughs> so I just watched it for like five minutes. And then I was like, okay, good. And then just hit play. Yeah, again. it was probably like the best kiss in TNG. That was like, actually, 100%. no, that's not true because Masterpiece was really sweet between Troy and like that guy who was like the perfect guy for her. Oh, Especially after her coming was. off of so many assaults and then meeting a guy who's yeah. just like the perfect man for her. Oh, okay, know. that was actually really sweet. Where this is he? Yeah. This, this is going to be my, second sweetest i was gonna say her with um with the with the trill but that was not like sweet that was just passion hot fire like the two of them were very passionate but this was just very sweet i think this was the best one because it's two characters that we have wanted to be together for a long time and they were like we could be together but then attached happened and now we know too much and and we're gonna hide from our feelings or some stupid stuff like that it's like you guys suck yeah. like you guys suck and by you guys i mean the writers because <laughs> like they were they would have been great together yeah they're all about their duty and they're and they're and they're like yeah serving the ship. why are you tearing us apart like that okay but then bam it's the future picard right tells jordy, beautiful kiss i know picard tells jordy we have to get to the neutral zone now and jordy doesn't totally believe picard jordy's like, like i mean but data just got the machine and equipment ready for all the tests he was going to run on your brain like we no just time. did that. No exactly. Time. He's like, we need to leave immediately. Get a ship. Get a ship? From where? Yeah. Where are we picking up? Sh- we just going to the shipyard, just picking up whatever's there. Yeah. Like, we're going to Utopia Planitia just yeah. to grab but ships. Picard is yeah. being extremely unreasonable. And he's like, we need to get yep. to the neutral zone. We need to get there immediately. I don't care what happens. Uh, but the and he's like because there's a spatial anomaly and it's in two other time periods and so we have to go to the anomaly and Jordy's like what are you talking about what anomaly like what is going on and yeah. again reluctantly Jordy's like okay okay I will take you to the neutral zone but you have to remember this this is important there is no neutral zone anymore that doesn't exist and he's like oh right the Klingons have totally taken over Romulan space you're like yeah what yeah that's like okay. a bump, bump, bump future stuff right there yep and and yep. then he follows up with and they're not fans of starfleet at the moment so i thought klingons were a part of starfleet but i guess they're just allies they're not a part of it they just weren't at war at some po- points in time but now they like are going to be i don't really know so yeah. i was just like hmm, okay because I, I know they were way, at war in tos way, but they weren't yeah. in tng but mm, i don't know it's i think it's definitely the writer's way to be like look how much time has changed right it's like everything mm. is upside down now the romulans and the klingons are like allies sort of and they're all against the federation so yeah finally jordy's like fine i guess we can go but like the neutral zone doesn't exist anymore klingons and ah. so they contact admiral Riker. i am so thankful 
that Jonathan Frakes does not look like the aged up version of Riker mm-hmm. looks. He looks so much better. Um, finally got himself out of the commander chair, huh? He uh, doesn't want to help Picard much, though. He seems pretty angsty. And I was like, buddy, you're like 62 years too late for this teenage angst shit. Um, and and he doesn't want to help. And he's like, I'm sorry. If I could, I would. And then flicks off. Well, and- he wants to help, but he's like, I can't. Like, we can't violate their space. And yeah. I'm not going to start a war. So, no. But he's like, here's what we will do. I'll but contact the so Yorktown. about it. <laughs> I'll contact the Yorktown. They can do some long range scans. If they find anything, they'll tell you. That's the best we can do. And Picard's having none of this because he's just flying off the handle at literally everyone who doesn't listen to him and obey him immediately. So he's like, come on, Will. That's not the Will I knew. And, da, da, da. and he's like, all right, talk to you later, buddy. And just hangs up. And so Data's there with Jordy, you know, and so Data's like, well, there's another option. They do allow medical freighters to pass through Mm -hmm. for aid because, you know, war. So maybe we can like sneak in through a medical freighter. Maybe we could just jump passage or something. And Picard's like, aha, that's going to work because I do have pull with a medical freighter, the USS Pasteur. And so they're like, let's try that. Which again, like, like, I do know the captains. Like, okay. Yeah, which I love this too, because Pasteur is the guy who invented pasteurization. Mm-hmm. So it's another like throwback to a scientist in their ship naming convention, I which I adore. So next thing you know, we're on the Pasteur, and all three, Picard, Data, and Jordy, walk onto the bridge of Beverly's ship. And it's glorious, it's beautiful, it's I futuristic. Know. How do they make it even more future than future? I don't know, but they did. I it know it totally looks future. future. Mm-hmm. It, it looks like double future. Looks mm-hmm. Yeah. The shape of the ship looks stupid as hell to me. I'm sorry. It's yeah, like it looks like a, a sex toy looks like to a, me. Yeah, it looks like a dick. I'm just going to say it. Like, it really does. It's like a shaft with like a giant ball at the top. Yeah. And I'm like, you guys I was really. Like, why did okay. they make her ship look like a dildo? Did we not want to yeah. just. We didn't love you know, the flat or I don't know. It, could we have made it a square or a tri- triangle maybe? Could yeah, we do like a most pyramid shape? ships are like a disc. With some nice, it looks like an enterprise, right? Right, like and so they were trying like to make it seem or stretched out. Yeah, they were trying to make it seem different from that, and it did look different from that. You know, it I did. will tell they you, it that. reminded me. It reminded me completely of Star Wars, like Rebellion ships that all are like the most poorly designed looking things you've ever seen. <laughs> that are like two huge boxes with like three threads connecting the whole thing. And thank God, aerodynamics is not a concern in space because that would have been ripped <laughs> apart the minute you try to like fly it anywhere, right? So it's like it looked like a rebel ship that was just like the. This cockamamie is like a two-year-old with Legos put it together. And you're like, what is this? So yeah, it totally, the pastor looks like a dick. And I was like, cool. Um, so, <laughs> but the inside's amazing. <laughs> the inside looked amazing. And thank God we didn't get a whole lot of the exterior shots. But I will tell you later in the episode, it does blow up. And I was like, well, that sounds about right. Like, <laughs> um, They did, I will say this, they did an absolutely fantastic job aging up Gates McFadden. They did. Did you notice they gave her jowls and like neck wrinkles? They did. They they didn't didn't do the oldening like they did in Too Short a Season, which was a horrible episode. Yeah. Where they had to put whole layers of prosthetics over this guy to make him look old. They They did just like subtle touches. Tiny. She looked exactly like she'd aged 25 years. It was so perfect. They did her hair like upswept, but she still had the beautiful bangs. But she looks so perfect. The highlights were a little more blondy, so they were kind of pushing towards the white. Yes. And like she had a little bit of like kind of like look like a little scar tissue, like kind of just to the left of her chin, sort of like um, 
Harrison Ford has like that natural scar right on his chin. And instead of covering it up in Star Wars, they're like, let's play into this actually. And like, let's Mm -hmm. lean into it. They did a killer job. And Gates McFadden in real life looks younger now than her old counterpart. But she does. Killed it. They killed it. And they were like, hers was probably the best oldening makeup that everyone had. She looked, I think Riker's was the worst. Because they just I like spray painted his pretty head. bad too. Because he just looked yeah. haggard and gray. They like, just sort of spray painted everybody's hair gray. Like Picard looked great old. Um, he looked like old version of himself, but he had young voice, which I really miss. He, he did. Said, okay, so Picard and old and Picard looks good. Gates McFadden looks freaking great. Marina Sirtis is not there because she's dead. Um, or like Council yeah, Troy's dead in the died, future. Which is so sad. Um, which is super sad, and we don't know why or how. But like Riker and Worf, yeah, they look awful they, they look bad they, they, they old look really bad really bad but speaking of Worf, they're like let's call in Worf. he'll get us in because because you know because klingon space and they're like yes Worf, exactly boom we're in the past <laughs> and yeah I'm like, i can't keep up with this yeah so it turns out like Worf's no longer in the federation we find out more about him later but they're like yeah, yeah. Worf can help us because it's klingon space so he can give us some kind of in we're in the past, like the past past. And mm-hmm. now Picard is looking for the space net and he's yelling for Q, which again, I was like, this poor crew, not only did yeah. they get this Captain Jellicoe version of Picard, but now he's standing on the bridge going, it should be here. It should be here. Q, Q, come out here. And they're like, sir, yeah. who are you talking to? Yeah. What is going on right now? Like at this point, I'm like, all right, I'm, I'm ready for a mutiny. Everybody, can we get, show hands? Yeah. Hands, like- Granted, we just left the space station like 20 minutes ago. We could just turn this back around and just drop him back off because he is not in his right mind. Where's medical? Seen, like, I get Beverly's seen, not here. Get, get Dr. Salar. Somebody else. Let's get Dr. Actually, they were the writers. I don't know why they didn't just put this two second line in that Dr. Salar was the chief medical officer before Beverly took over, like when the ship was like set to say before she came or whatever voyage Mm -hmm. yeah so i was like why don't we just get dr so yeah let's be really clear about this picard even on the shuttle is acting a little sus you know Mm -hmm. but like tasha is not going to say anything because you know she doesn't want to lose her job but like even in the like taking command speech he's seeing and responding to people who are not there he's He's immediately calling for Mm -hmm. a red alert when there is no present danger he's completely disregarding a direct order from starfleet like everything is is wrong here all the illegal all of the and now he's standing on the bridge yelling at at q which tasha says all i know about that is it's a letter in the alphabet yeah, because Worf is like, like who's q who's q yeah and he's yeah. like q q come out here q and you're like oh my gosh and then he's just like well forget it and then he storms off into his ready room and you're like what uh uh-uh, no what the no F? no this no, is not no, no. this is not the person to be in charge data, of a freaking data flagship. is it or data you're in charge right so he storms literally into his anyone room. else literally yep. anyone else yeah Worf, Gates, you've got the bomb you're in charge let's go just, yeah yeah the second he walks in to his ready room it turns back into the court that we saw in Farpoint yep. Station. And, and he's here's like, aha, Q. it was you all along. Thank God. <laughs> so I guess so otherwise you've been acting crazy as fuck for no reason. Yeah, <laughs> it was you. And he goes, Q goes, it's Judge Q to you. So here we get, here we get fine. It's like minute 45. I'm like, can we get a clue okay as to what's going on yeah, yeah which i guess this if this was broken i guess if this was broken in two episodes this would be the end of episode one Girl, where it would end on would you so mad i would yeah, have been so I, mad to have one same. whole wasted episode of being same. like what's going on what's going on what's going on what's going on and then at oh, the end it's just q, q and you're like but we thought it was no. q all along yeah, yeah so yeah no so q fills us in 
The last time you were here was seven years ago, which is actually what Picard says. He's like, I was here seven years ago. And I love that Q goes, stop thinking so linearly about time, which is something Q has said before, mm-hmm. uh, which I which I really love. And Q agrees to answer 10 questions so long as they're yes or no. So here's what we got. Are you putting mankind on trial again? No. Is there any connection between seven years ago and now? Yes. The spatial anomaly, is it related? Most definitely yes. Is this a Romulan plot? Are they trying to start a war? No and no. Did you create the anomaly? No. Are you responsible for my shifting through time? Yes. And then he says, why? And he goes, sorry, that's not a yes or no question. You forfeit your question. So the trial has never ended. They never reached a verdict until now. Now they find them guilty of being inferior as a species and will be destroyed. And I was like, well, I don't like that. <laughs> I, like, I don't like that. And back in his ready room, Picard is like, okay, everybody red alert. Right? Mm-hmm. This is at the point where I, as the viewer, had to change tack and just try to watch the episode as a viewer instead of dissecting it all to take notes because it's so much back and forth. Nothing and everything is happening all at once. And I was like, I can't do notes on all this which of course i kept doing notes but like i just tried to watch it as a viewer because it's just way too much it was way too much yeah so so we find out so now i'm thinking like man why did q why is q doing this why is q gonna destroy humanity doesn't he remember how picard took him in when he became human and like kept him from dying and everything else but then q says he's not the one doing it picard is actually the one who's going to cause the annihilation of humanity so you're like what this is really confusing so now we're back in the observation lounge and Picard's telling the bridge crew what happened. So he's telling like about Q's accusations. They're all kind of trying to puzzle out what this means and what they should or shouldn't do and how they should or shouldn't move forward. And they kind of come to the realization that we don't know what's going to happen in the future. So we should just proceed as we normally would, which is kind of their standard approach to timey-wimey stuff like this. So they're like, all right, let's just all, let's proceed to the spatial anomaly. Let's just do what we were going to do and see what happens. Back on the bridge, there are several ships that are kind of facing off on either side of the neutral zone. And Picard's like, all right, let's hail one of the Romulan ships so we can have a conversation. And when he hails them and they answer, it's Worf. So again, this is where the time jumping starts going a lot faster. So back, so now we're talking to Worf in the future on Beverly's ship. Worf is no longer a member of the High Council of the of the, in the Klingon Empire. Um, he's also not a part of Starfleet. He's a governor of some random place. Um, but we learn a couple of things. One is Picard bullies him into coming along on this ride and sneaking them through the neutral zone. So that's, and he uses like honor and duty or whatever to do it. Two, we discover that Federation ships now have cloaks, which yay, y'all should have been had cloaks. So that's cool. And they can go warp 13. Oh, I, I missed that. Girl. Without turning yeah. into lizards? When, oh, I missed when, it. <laughs> threshold who, right? Like, it's, <laughs> um, which is, of course, a reference to the Voyager episode Threshold, where Tom Paris goes past Warp 10 and turns into a lizard and then kidnaps. It's awful. Don't watch it. Yeah. He kidnaps um, Captain Janeway and then makes her go Warp 10 and turns her into a salamander. And then they end up having salamander babies on some planet. It's the stupidest episode of all time. And I wish I had, like, one of those men in black pens that makes you forget yeah. things. Like, just mm-hmm. to, yeah. But... Yeah, uh, Beverly's penis shape shift is like they can go to the Dev- Devron system warp thirteen, and I was like, "Hey, so warp yeah, 13 so is cool future, very neat." Okay, so while he's doing this, we go back. We we so we're just jumping back and forth, um, and we'll just like kind of tell you what's going on here. 
Picard is ordering the ship to ordering all three ships to the Devron system. Whatever ship he's on, let's all go to the Devron system. Yep. So at this point in the past, Yar's kind of like, mm. Troy is like, mm. and Troy goes to take Picard aside in the ready room. And is just like, you know, the orders you're giving, they're making people feel just a little confused. And Picard's mm-hmm. just like, yeah, I'm acting crazy and nobody trusts me, right? And Troy's right. like, yeah, didn't want to say it like that, but absolutely, yes. Absolutely, kind of. yes. Yeah. And Picard's like, yep, I understand. And I can give no explanations and I will give no explanations. And you guys are going to follow my orders. And she's like, all righty, sounds good. And that's when he like <laughs> comes over to Riker and is just like, hey, by the way, we're going to be late in picking you up. I can't give you an ETA, but I'll be back to pick the three of you up later. And Riker's like, cool. And then Troy's like, all right, I feel like I have to tell you this. Me and Riker do have a past. And mm-hmm. Picard has this knowing smile, like, mm, really? Right. And yeah. he's just like, well, is it going to affect your duties? And she's like, no. And he's like, yeah, I didn't think it would. So we're okay, good. Cool. Sounds good. So then now Picard's talking to the Romulan ship to Tomalock. And he's like, how about this? How about we each send a ship to investigate the anomaly? You send one ship, I send one ship. All the rest stay on opposite sides of the neutral zone. And Tomalock is like, um, did Starfleet approve this decision? Right. And Picard's like, no, I just made it up right now, bruh. And he's like, I like it already. Let's go. So they both go. Like, we're cool with this decision. Everyone's cool. They go. I love how casual our review has become. Yeah, no, this is great. (laughs) You go, I go, let's go, we go. High five. High five. So they go. They all go. So now all the ships are at the anomaly, past, present, and future. Yep. And Picard's kind of jumping back and forth to see what what does this anomaly look like? The anomaly, by the way, is beautiful. It's Mm -hmm. like, it's like this glowy space fountain thing it's, yes it's like a, it's like a it's like a nebula that's expanding towards that's the white. viewer that's all white and it's just like waves like, kind of like a flower that's like opening yeah. infinitely like on some sort of drug trip or something i don't it's know like it's hard beautiful. to describe it's beautiful. really really pretty it's it's about 200 kilometers across in the present but in the past it's 400 kilometers across and or, in the future sorry, sorry million 200 million kilometers across in the present and in the past it's 400 million kilometers across in the past so it's much bigger in the past it takes yeah. up like the entire screen so we've got some future, kind of reverse time shit happening it's non-existent it, it doesn't, doesn't even exist even there. there so yeah. we're like okay something happened with this anomaly and mm. so this is making future picard seem extra extra crazy Ugh. because he's been like there's an anomaly we have to get Poor there picard. there's an anomaly and he gets Poor there picard. and there's literally no anomaly and they're like buddy we we humored you all the way up to this point this and we're time. like maybe there's an anomaly i mean who maybe he knows something and now it's like yeah this is not real so picard flies off the handle again and it's just like it has to be here and it's here blah, blah. and so data's like all right you know we maybe we can do some scans and then it comes to find out it's gonna take like 14 hours to scan every single inch of this part of space and so beverly's like you know what let's give it six hours and then if if it's not found by then we're getting the heck out of here before some Klingon mm-hmm. ship comes and blows us out of the sky. So yeah. Picard's like, you can't do that, Beverly. You can't leave. You have to stay. You have to find the anomaly. And she's like in my ready room right now. So yeah. he goes in and he's still yelling at her as they go into a ready room. And she turns on him and is just like, don't you ever question my orders on my ship again. And he's like, you go, Ooh. Bev. He's like, I apologize. Yep. I was totally out of line. And I'm like, mm-hmm. yeah, I. you gave him a lot of like respect to take him aside to tell him that because you didn't need to. You could have put him in his place right on that bridge. Mm-hmm. You could, you could have like with sure all, without anybody, you know, flinching. You could have absolutely been like, "How this is my ship, and no one gives orders by but me. Get off my yeah. bridge." And he would have been right like, <clears throat> "Excuse me, sorry, I'm, I'm gonna go yeah. right back." There. Like he would have left, right? So she really did him, I think, a service to pull him yeah. aside to have this conversation. And that's where she says, "It's only because it's you that we're even here at all." 
I'm giving you six hours because of you. But you do need to kind of keep in mind that maybe this is something that's only in your head. And he's just like, it's well, well, okay. And so Mm -hmm. she like walks away and he's still kind of in his revelry. And then Q appears looking very aged. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So maybe this is where they took that idea of making him a homeless man and still kind of brought it to life in this scene. Yeah, or something. Yeah. And he he's there to give Picard a hint. And the hint is- It's the unhint. It's the anti-hint. I mean, if we're, we're going to start talking about anti-time and shit, it's the anti-hint. Which I All feel it like does is it cute. creates panic. It just creates panic and yes, gives with no, help no direction or clarity or anything. Right. So, yeah, he's like, what you were, what you are about to become will always be with you. Thank you, Hallmark, for your card that says nothing. It wasn't even Hallmark. Nothing. It was a freaking, like, fortune cookie. Yeah, it wasn't even. Yeah, th- it yeah. was exactly like a fortune cookie that doesn't give you a fortune, and you're just like, "What is the purpose? Of what the you? hell? You're not delicious, yes. and your message is vague." Yeah, so <laughs> it's just like <laughs> and no you make purpose, a, and you make a mess. Yeah, so this. Yeah, is not, and you're too no, crunchy for my teeth. Yeah, <laughs> so we're in the present all of a sudden, and Picard is like, "Let's shoot an inverse tachyon pulse to get a picture of the anomaly's interior." And while as soon as they start shooting this inverse tachyon pulse, which is a cool sounding name, but also I'm mm-hmm. like, "Why are we inversing everything? It's inverse time, inverse tachyon, but whatever." Because it's a cool word. Inverse yeah, is a cool word, and it's a real I word. Yes, so it um, works. As this, as as soon as they start shooting this beam into the anomaly, Jordy's eyes start freaking out and he's like ah oh god turns out that what we're looking at in the big picture is a multi-phasic temporal convergence of the space-time continuum coolest sentence mm-hmm. of ever that says nothing it's an mm-hmm. eruption of anti-time and if time and anti-time collide they'll cancel each other out and destroy each other like matter and antimatter. so what's basically happening is time is starting to reverse as time goes forward right time's at the going same forward. time so it's yeah, ripping we're not moving apart. we're not moving in reverse like in that really cool like um time bubble yeah uh, matter of time episode but like Jordy's eyes are regrowing and then Alyssa Alyssa loses her pregnancy because the fetus like Benjamin buttons and which Beverly is so sad says, because you can oh tell she's God. like literally about to give birth in two weeks like I she know. is she at the point there. of getting ready to give birth which means that Ugh. even if she had had the baby the same thing would have happened. Like she probably would have lost yeah. the baby as a baby. And it's just like, well, this is a dark moment to put yeah. into the episode. I feel, I feel like they didn't need to do that. That was we so didn't dark. Need that at concern- all. No, you didn't need that at all. And like, I'm not a mother. I've never wanted to be a mother. And I was so sad for her. I was like, I can't even imagine anyone who yeah. has gone through this experience to be so triggered by something like this. Right. And I'm like, I'm not a mother and that. I, and I do want to be a mother and it's just, you know, but I am a daughter and a friend and a sister and a woman. And it's like, yeah, Come on, writers. We did not need to steal her baby in the, like, ninth month of her pregnancy, tenth month of her pregnancy, just to, like, explain that our DNA is, like, going backwards. We're Benjamin Buttoning. It was enough to say that Jordy's eyes are regrowing. That was enough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. made sense to me. But for her to be like, yeah, Alyssa lost the baby. And also, also, by the way, we're probably all going to die. Yeah. The same way the baby did. You're like, yeah, listen, we're all we're all Benjamin Buttoning. If if this continues to happen, we're going to Benjamin Button to death. That's all you have to say. Yeah, that was I mean, the only consolation is that because, you know, it's Star Trek. So at the very end, everything is saved at the last second and time is reset. So Alyssa does get her pregnancy. But I was like, I hate that she was going. But does she? Do we know that for sure? No, but we're just going to assume because we go back to present. Right. Moment, because right? The, because so it's like this never happened. The, the anomaly was. never happened. The anomaly never happened. So she never loses the pregnancy. But I hated that moment. I was like, why? It was unnecessary trauma. 
It was unnecessary. It really was. It, I didn't yep. like it. And so we are personally going by to that, remove I'm that sorry. from our memories. That never happened. Yeah. So anyways, yeah. Jordy's yeah. eyes, that's all that happened. Yeah. And moving on, Data's making all these great breakthroughs and having all these great ideas. Mm-hmm. And Picard's basically taking that and sharing it with the other timelines because future data is like amazing. And so he's mm-hmm. taking it and like sharing it with past data and with present data. And so they're all kind of working together to figure out what this anomaly is. And while they're doing that, Beverly's ship starts being attacked by two Klingon ships because they're in Klingon space. Yeah. And they and didn't by the get way, the full six hours. look exactly like, they look like Klingon birds of prey in Romulan colors with Romulan cloaking and Romulan technology. And I was like, okay, so this is like cemented that they're like total They've allies really and they're sharing the, tech. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, except that they like, conquered dang. them. They're not allies. They conquered the Romulans. Oh, did they? Yeah. Oh. The they conquered, are like they conquered Romulus. Though. I'm going to, come on now. But okay, sure. <laughs> I mean, but remember I'm the like, Romulans were having their own like internal civil war a la Sarek and you know, whatever was going on there. So maybe they were in a vulnerable place for the Klingons to come and rule the whole thing. Who I guess. In any case. Yeah. They're about to be destroyed. It's like. Their warp powers offline. They've got no weapons. They've got no shields because they're a medical medical freaking freighter. They're not, they're not a flagship. They're not a warship. They're lucky to have shields and weapons at all. So they're throwing tin cans at these Klingon ships Mm -hmm. and surprisingly not making a dent. And so. Beverly's like, Worf, signal our surrender. You know, she's like, we we surrender, we give up, you know? And it's like, mm, I don't know if Klingons are really take prisoners like that. And so Worf's really like, how all this right. works, you guys. Right? So Worf comes over and is like, talk, 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 talk. And they immediately start firing. And it's like, yeah, they don't really take, pri- they don't really do, I quit. You know, I raise my hand, I surrender. <laughs> they don't do prisoners of war. Yeah. They don't capture you. They really only have one mode. So, so cowardly too, because I'm like, they're very clearly running away and you're shooting them in the back. That is not the Klingon well, way. However, their ship is violating Klingon space. And they knew that if they came in, they'd be fired upon. So, and Worf gave them warning before they started this six hour scan and said, hey, I'm, I'm picking up chatter that they know we're here and that they're dispatching two ships to come and find us. And so Beverly's like, okay, well, we'll just keep going. So I kind of feel like that's not on them. <laughs> that's not on the Klingons to be like firing at an enemy invading ship. And for them to be like, okay, we're sorry, we're sorry, just let us go back. It's like, no, they're not going to go for that. Mm -hmm. Like, because neither would Starfleet be like, okay, Klingons, you guys can go back. Or okay, Romulans, okay, Cardassians, we know we're winning. You guys can just go back. Like, they they wouldn't do that either. So, I mean, they wouldn't kill them, but they wouldn't let them go. So, in any case, it's very clear that they are about to be destroyed in about 2.5 seconds when suddenly the Enterprise shows up. Admiral Riker has taken charge of it, taken command of it, and brought it to the rescue and beams everyone over because the white heroically is about cool to shot like going straight up into into space and like, <laughs> like blasting through these yeah like blows the shit out of some klingon birds of prey and in the explosion like flies through the plasma explosion out the other side and i was like <laughs> yeah like i was so excited about that sharice i was, was i very, was like it was a very yeah. cool scene because you know you always see people flying through space on the show like like left to right or right yeah. to left but yeah. this was like bottom to top of the screen like pointing up yeah. and it was kind of doing this like millennium falcon sort of spiral i was like yeah. yes 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 i was so excited by it the was, whole thing it was very star wars and this it was. is and, and they nailed it because usually when i see a show nailed trying it. to do anything like star wars i'm like please don't it's yeah. like it's been done and it's been it done reeks better of star wars yeah yeah I so know whatever what you're, you're doing to is do. going to be a really cheap imitation and you're going to embarrass yourself but this actually looked cool and i would argue that this is going to look cool on any space show i was two seconds away from being like Riker, Riker, Riker. like i was so <laughs> jazzed about the whole thing and i love that on screen he's like something told me you weren't going to let this go picard hold on a second let me see if i can get their attention i was like ah, ah, look at the right? yeah. i was like 
violence like i was so excited (laughs) so the the other klingon ship that hasn't been utterly destroyed by three shots from the enterprise turns tail and runs goes right through those wings like a lightsaber just like like right through i was like oh my god it was like shield shield yeah are you packing enterprise clearly more than that little medical freighter and so that he was beats like, them. Help us! I was <laughs> like limping away and looking like a dick the whole time. Like, we surrender. We surrender. Nah. Please don't hurt us. Yeah. So, <laughs> so Riker beams everybody over. They all get beat. You know, the bridge crew beams to the bridge, and um, Riker sees Worf, and they both like give each other side eye, and you're like, um, what's going on between them? Like they were besties, and yeah, now all of a sudden the they're now they're not friends, but. Okay, whatever. And then Riker, and they have some words. And Picard's like, we don't have time for this. That warp core is still about to breach. Back up. Like any fucking second now. And Riker's like, oh yeah, I forgot about that. Go ahead and back up a little bit. And we see the dildo explode in space. And then Picard's like... <laughs> okay, I'm sorry. That's my favorite line that you've ever said, ever. <laughs> wow, and I've said a lot of lines. That's and it. Said, That's no, the no, final no, t-shirt. You've, you've said a lot of cool lines, too. <laughs> yeah, but space nothing quite tops that one, huh? No, no, that's it. That's going to be my it. legacy. Well, pride. Goodbye. <laughs> Goodbye. Goodbye, pride. I've got no more. That's it. That was the last bit I'm of it. I'm a microbiologist, and this is my legacy. <laughs> and this is my legacy. Hi, I'm Sharice, and this is my legacy. Um, <laughs> it's going to be my TED Talk. Um, anyways, so Riker's like, all right, now that that happened, we need to get out of here. And Picard is like, Sorry, you're leave. like, pride? Goodbye. <laughs> R.I.P. Pride. Uh, <laughs> Picard's like, we can't leave. We have to stay. Humanity's at stake. Q told me. It, it was all my fault. All my fault. And Beverly just hyposprays him from the back. And I was like, yeah, honestly, you had that coming for like many, 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 many days now. Also, so... also, girl, you just got emergency transported off of your ship. Where did you have that hypospray? She had Not it since he that. came on the ship. She's had that <laughs> She's in her had pocket. Hovering. Girl, was it kind of like a killer in the movie where it's like behind you the whole time in the house, but you just can't sense that they're there. So she's just like hovering with this hypo spray. And the minute he turns around, she like whips it back down. Like, oh, what? Out of the ship, she was like, computer. <laughs> Strongest hypo spray you have. And put put three more, but just make it appear in my pockets. Yeah, in my pockets. So I don't <laughs> have to go too far. In pocket. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So she just yeah, yeah. she hyposprays him, and he is out like a light. And the second he passes out in the future, he wakes up in the present, in sick bay. Yep. And you know this is this is when we find out that Nurse Sagawa lost the baby, which is yeah. so freaking sad. And yeah. we learn that we're all gonna die, which is also very sad. Mm-hmm. And then they're like, okay, now the stakes are even greater because it's yeah. not like humanity is gonna end at some point, right? Now it's in like, the future. Oh, in some mysterious yeah, got, like, way a few it's like hours or something yeah, yeah it's like we ourselves are going to die long yep. before humanity all dies so in the observation lounge um picard orders you know they're just kind of like trying to solve the situation here so picard t- tells troy go check with starbase 23 see if any of them are benjamin buttoning and then he goes to data and he's like find a way to collapse the anomaly and then he turns to Riker and tells him to do something and then they're all like off to the races and he's sitting by himself just like oh no what was me what am I gonna do and then Q pops up again I don't know why Q's only showing up when everyone else is gone like he never That's did that also before annoying. because yeah, he never gave a shit if anybody could see him or not if anything if he wanted a private word he would just make everyone else disappear or he'd snap Picard away to somewhere. Like, yeah, or why he'd are snap you doing Picard this whole invisible? Yeah. But this whole yeah. thing makes makes Picard seem even more crazy when it's like he only shows up when no one else is looking. But everybody knows Q and his BS by now. So they believe Q is, right. is but in it's charge also of all like, it. It's not, it's not like Q 
to get joy to out of like, like this? making people think Picard's crazy when he's not. Like he doesn't care about things that pedantic. Like that, yeah. Yeah. But he does snap Picard to France 3.5 billion years in the past. The anomaly at this point is so large it takes up the entire quadrant of the galaxy. The entire Alpha Quadrant is just beautiful, glowy space fountain. Yes, like white nebula space fountain flower. And the further back in time, the larger the anomaly. And he looks at this pool of goo and Q is like, look, look, look. These amino acids in this pool of goo are about to combine to form the very first proteins. And he kind of sticks his hand, Q sticks his hand in and sort of pulls it out. And I couldn't help but think, like, what did they use for that? Well, here's what I thought immediately when I saw the primordial ooze. I was like, oh, my gosh, it's the mucinex from the skin of evil episode. That's what oh my then, God. And then when Q That's stuck his hand I would... in, I was like, what are you thinking? That stuff burns all burns uniforms off like it burns fabric. Like, don't touch that with your bare hands. But oh, he doesn't give a shit. But I thought about that. Too, no, I mean, I thought like, about John Delancey. I, no, oh. I thought about John Delancey. Like, don't touch that. Do you know what it did to that other actor's costume? Like it melted it off his skin. Oh, That's what I was thinking. Right, That's why I was like, did, don't touch it, it. Don't touch it. Don't touch it but i was like maybe See, they I thought maybe I thought they got they were, a different material. i thought they were using um hand sanitizer i was mm. like maybe it's just a big thing but hand sanitizer i don't think with some was, like black food coloring or something well i remember when hand sanitizer first like burst on the scene and everybody was like cool put this on your hands and rub it like it makes your hands feel cold and it like kills germs this is really cool but that was like early 2000s i feel like hand sanitizer wasn't this like super readily available substance like in 1994 but i just kept staring at it because i was like it's the perfect substance it's clear so you can see john delancey's hand also it's thick enough to stick to his hand but thin enough that like glops of it kind of like blob Mm -hmm. off where i was like i don't know what they used and i looked through the background info and i couldn't find anything but i was like this is really cool this was a cool substance yeah i just really i really hope it wasn't the toxic mucinex but we know john delancey's a-okay so he's he's yeah. fine today with whatever absolute in rock the star world that he touched but that was supposed to be like the primordial ooze and when he touches it he goes oh look it didn't happen you know so basically life never started on earth and picard was like wait a minute are you saying the anomaly somehow disrupted the beginnings of life on earth and Q's kind of like, bingo, but for some reason doesn't just come out and say it. He just like looks at him. And so Picard's like, oh, crap. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Picard so I puts did together. Yeah. Picard puts together that like somehow at some point I created this anomaly, which got so big because anti-time that it goes back in time and just disrupts life to the point where like it doesn't even let those amino acids form right because of its whole thing of dis of like pulling apart dna and yeah benjamin buttoning it yes like, pulls things apart or whatever yes. the, yeah. the the techno babble in this episode was heavy and light we got the tachyon yeah. whatever whatever which was very cool but yeah. then we get explanations like this where we're like mm. yeah the logic was shaky at best i was like nah, okay all right but yeah q Good goes enough, oh nothing happens and then boom past data finds that their tachyon pulse is converging with two other tachyon pulses with the same signature. So it's like, oh, wow, it's three timelines. And I wrote, wow, at this point, I don't care. But, okay, all three all three tachyon Converge, pulses are yeah. happening and they're converging. So now the jumping back and forth is starting to happen really fast, right? Because, like, the storyline is condensing. But the Warfare. big idea is we need to stop doing this. <laughs> we need to st- these tachyon beams are what's causing this yes. thing or maybe making it worse or something and so we need to stop what we're doing 
Yes. And fix this anomaly. That's now yes. the more, that's now the goal. That's the, now we know what we have to do, but before future Picard gets the message, we've got future senior staff like intent forward. And we kind of talk about this drama Worf and Riker, um, beefed out over Deanna, who has died. We don't know how or when or why. Worf is mad that Riker stood in the way of him and Deanna being together. And I just thought, this is such fabricated drama, though. Like, it's not even worth it. Like, we're at the point of the plot where it's like, now we know what we have to do. There's urgency, mm. right? So, And now we're taking time apart to talk about this. To talk about this. That's like, whatever. So I Picard, guess they're just trying to be like, okay, here's what happened since they never talked about it or something. Right, but, but also, you're right. Like, I we think still don't know what this, happened. They could have put this... I mean, I guess they couldn't have put it earlier because we need to get the whole gang back together to hear this, but yeah. we could have just maybe not had this. Yeah, we could have not had this because Jordy, Data, Beverly, and Riker are all sitting and talking, and Worf is sitting with his back turned to them like at the bar. And and Riker's like, I never did anything to stand in their way. And Beverly's like, didn't you? But then Riker doesn't even agree like, to that. I he's like, he did. Well, he's like, I did. Because well, see, he's I like... I don't think he, he says did, he, he was just like I just thought there would always be time for us to be together, but then one day she just wasn't there, and it's like, oh, okay. No, so like, that's why I think he did admit that he stood in their way, but not in any kind of way like he feels bad about it. More like, yeah, um, because I thought me and Troy would be together. Like, I always mm, thought that's what would happen. And so now it's she's not like, dead. yeah, it's not like I feel bad about what I did to Worf. It's more like I, I felt I feel bad that I didn't have more time with Troy. Yeah, which I'm also like. Remember all those years like that you those wasted seven with years. that? Like, yeah. yeah, remember that? I think yeah, you had time. you know what? We remember. <laughs> so, whatever. Pepperidge Farm remembers, too. All right? Now, Picard has woken up from his sedation, now with the info about the France amino acid thing. So, he rushes over, and of course, he's like, guys, we have to go back. We have to go back. Because remember... So, he's in, in ten future, forward, also in his robe, right? Or no, he's in an uh, outfit this time. He was in some sort of pajamas, so like, I think. Yeah, but yeah, he rushes jams. over... He's in his jammeroos. He he was having himself a movie watch party and it came to him and he s- struck out for 10 Ford. And here's here's kind of the dichotomy of what's going on. He now understands that they have to go back and like terminate the tachyon Collapse beam. The, yeah, they have to fix the anomaly also, and stop these tachyon beams from happening. Yes. In all the, time even, the future hasn't even started their tachyon beam, but there's three of them, but whatever. Okay, whatever. But he is trying to explain all this. And of course, everybody's like, aromatic syndrome. What are you doing out of bed? We are yeah. hypospray. Beverly's you. standing behind him with her hypospray ready. <laughs> Taking it out of her pocket real <laughs> slick-like, right? And then finally, finally, Data is like, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Okay. I think what he's trying to say is, the thing Thank that God just for data. To us. Data untangles God. all of the nonsense that's coming out of Picard's mouth. He because has no emotional stakes in it. Yeah, he's not like oh, aromatic syndrome. He's just like, yeah, this tracks to me. Like I can yeah, see hold how this on. Can I true. think I know what you're trying to say. And so you're like, that's when really everybody gets it. You know it. what he's trying to say? Right. He does. He does. And it's Timmy's fallen down the well. So they're like, all right, fine. Set course for the Devron system. Warp 44. So they enter the Devron system, <laughs> and now <laughs> they're, they're in the Enterprise. Leave. We don't have to worry about. A thousand Klingon ships coming to find us because we're just not at all. You know what? Actually, as we're flying, just blast photon torpedoes (laughs) in every direction so that it's just a deterrent anyway. Like we're just blasting into dead space, but just blast as you go. So they get there and the baby anomaly has started, but it's only six hours old. So I love that Picard, who's been trying to tell them this whole time, is validated where they're like, shit, he's right. Like, okay. So Picard's like, okay, we need to shut all the beams down. Next time I'm in every time span, 
that's what I'm going to do. And so he does. It's like, boom, 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 future, past, fr- present. Which is shut it down, neat. shut it down, shut it yeah. down. Yeah. So they shut it all down. So he gets back to the they future. They shut it all and down like, and it doesn't do anything. And they're like, damn thing. Yes. He, he, he gets through all of the times lines in like two seconds and he's like, shut it all down. So somehow data, and again, how? The Does, science is doesn't shaky. Matter. Doesn't, doesn't matter, matter who. who. The only way to close it down is to create a static warp shell to separate time and anti-time. So we got to fly the ships in there and create the static warp shell with our shields. And then we, but we all have to go in because, you know, it's a, it's a, because all three of us caused this. So all three of us have to like, and you know, it's like so big. We all have to work together. So they all go in and centers, sensors pick each other up. So it's kind of cool to see the three ships all together. That's really cool because they do open up the view screens and they're like, Hey, those are, it's the Enterprise three times, which is so cool. And I also thought, is Picard in all three? Because like we've established his body Again, doesn't move, just like his like the parallels thing. Mind memories move yeah. or something. So I was like, okay, since he's jumping back and forth so fast, is he actually occupying all three ships at the same time? That's so interesting, which mm-hmm. I feel like he was. They fly into the anomaly, which, okay, before they fly in, when he tries to get the past ship, the past ship is the only one that's really, like, against They're this like, whole plan. It's, we're done following your ridiculous orders. And again, again, I wrote in my notes, yeah, guys, it's time to mutiny. Are you ready? Are we ready? Like, we know as the viewers, you got to do this to save humanity or whatever. Mm-hmm. But this, these people have just met this guy an hour ago. And he, so yeah. far, he's done nothing but super sus behavior. And now yeah. he goes, flies into the middle of the anomaly. To which they reply, wait a minute, Captain we could die like that could injure the ship and he goes oh yeah it could more than injure the ship it could kill us all but yeah. trust me just trust me because i know the kind of people you guys are gonna be yeah this speech let me tell you this is like the first time in all of tng when i didn't even bother to listen to picard's speech and i usually no. love his speeches he gives such Girl, great speeches but this I time i was like either. i don't care i don't care what you say whatever you say is ridiculous because you guys should not fly this ship into this deadly lethal situation and then at the end of his speech he has the nerve to say it's time to take a leap of faith if you don't leap on your own you have to take a (laughs) shuttlecraft and try to make a a shuttlecraft leap of faith yeah Yeah, figure that out on your own buddy his speech was also very much out of jericho's playbook where he's like I know this sounds crazy, just trust me. But it's like Picard has never done that. I know this sounds crazy, but trust me. And it's usually like, you have- hey, there's some factors at play. I can't describe it right now, but I promise if I will, I will answer all the questions I can, but just not right the second. But Jericho was like, doesn't matter. I know it sounds crazy, just do it. Right. And it's like that's yeah, what and there's like. also and no like, there's no trust this. for him to pull off to pull no. on because they just met him. So no. This this makes no sense, but they're all like. Yes, okay. Captain. I'm roused by that speech. Let's go in. Because I'm the Federation, so we're fighting for something bigger than ourselves. All right, whatever. Yeah, they I all just go signed in. up for. I just, I just got out of the academy like 45 days ago. Like yeah. this is ridiculous. This is my first so, station. Mm-hmm, my first right. appointment. So and last. they, they all go in. <laughs> obviously, they all go in. You can see all the ships. It's pretty cool. Very Future cool. Uh, past ship is the first to explode, and then so present sad. ship explodes, and future ship because you know i guess it's the most future and, and powerful and the anomaly is also the at its smallest it's falling apart it's falling apart it's falling apart and then q shows up so q kind of leans his head forward and he goes goodbye jean-luc you had such potential but then all good things must come to an end and the anomaly like condenses down on the ship and then you just see white like an explosion mm-hmm. and that was cool i like that that was cool it kind of all like yeah right yeah it like imploded it was a really yeah visually it was very cool it was it was very very cool um 
And the next thing we see is Picard with his hands holding his head in his lap. He's in the courtroom face down. It's just him and Q. All the peanut gallery are gone. Thank God. They were so annoying. Yeah, they were annoying yeah. at all times. Bing, bing. So I was very glad to not have them in this final scene because they yeah. would have been such yeah. a, a nonsensical distraction. Yeah, just stupid. So it's just Q and Picard, which is how it should have been at the start. And Q is taking off his gloves. Like things are clearly like after hours here. It's over. It worked. He saved humanity once again. And the thing that caused Q and the continuum to be like, we didn't think you could do it, but I guess in the last second, the thing that caused the continuum to decide that they weren't inferior and were worthy of existing was that Picard was open to the idea of this time paradox and charting the unknown possibilities of existence. And I was like, that was it. That was the moment that Picard as a human grew so much. Like that was the big moment of human growth. Like we've gone through quantum filaments and anomalies Mm -hmm. where time like doubles and triples on itself. We've gone through sentient sand and sentient killer snowflakes. We've seen cyborg people wanting to be androids and androids wanting to be cyborgs. We've done time loops on time loops on time loops. Mm -hmm. We've done technology that can erase your brain and put a whole new person in the ship who you think is a second in command and everybody believes it. Yeah, we've 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 done everything in a lot of different spaces. Yeah, this was like this. Okay, I'm going to I'm going to be really generous and say, like, that was a cool conclusion to come to. But when the stake of all of humanity is on the line, cool isn't going to cut it. Like, that was such an underwhelming moment to be like, this Picard was your big moment of human growth. Okay, all right. But I also feel like it was kind of perfect because I can't Uh, think of anything he could have said that would have been better than this. Well, there wasn't anything he could have said, but they also shouldn't have written the episode like this, where it's Ah, like, you guys wrote yourself into a box that was like, the only answer is a kind of a stupid one. It's like, really? Okay. They did did kind of paint themselves into a corner when they pulled in Q and then humanity's still on trial like that and then and then reverse time and then you're and all then gonna anti-time. die yeah. yeah yeah they painted yeah. themselves into a corner and i was like wow you guys probably should have skipped a week and gone back to the drawing board and tried this the bones of the episode was cool but everything that they filled in was really dumb and underwhelming and overwhelming for all of its like frivolity in my opinion but they snap back so he's like okay i'm gonna snap you back so he's back in his deep v-neck bathrobe he's like what year is it is it christmas day and Worf and dan are about to kiss and they give them the star date and he goes oh okay all is well all is well and they're like captain are you are are you good and he's like yep i just really need some rest which i was like based on that nightgown yes you do go back to bed so he gets back yeah and he hasn't slept in this whole saga because every time whenever he goes unconscious he just wakes up in another reality so he really does need like a nap. He does. He so needs he, like a snack and a nap for sure. So he goes to do that. And then we end our final scene with a poker game, which is so great and so fitting because we love the poker game scenes. Love that. So as they're kind of like, you know, doing their game and setting it up, we do have we do have a little bit of um, like a monologue, like a, a voiceover where Picard's like, well, I'm the only one who remembers anything that happened. Nobody else remembers all the future and stuff. And you're like, well, that kind of makes sense yeah. because Q was, Q was sending you through time back and forth, but nobody else. And yeah. then when the anomaly no longer existed, it just kind of rewound back to you being in your, in your deep V-neck bathroom. Yeah, time, so like time like nothing... looped and snipped itself where it's like this never even happened. In yeah, the so there's place. nothing for anyone else to remember. But as they're kind of setting out the chips and dip and whatnot in the poker game, um, Jordy's like, you know, it's so interesting that 
Picard like told us everything. Like Beverly's like, yeah, hey. I just got done reading his report. And I was like, oh, he actually wrote, a I guess this is just so Starfleet. You actually wrote a report about some future thing that no one even remembers and you don't even have to report it. But he told everybody what happened. And Jordy's like, what about polluting the timeline? Like, shouldn't we not know about the future parts? Shouldn't he be only, only told us about like the present and the past mm-hmm. or whatever? And then they're like, well, maybe he told us that because like Data says, well, but because the anomaly never happened, that future never happened. So we have a new future now. So I don't think it really pollutes anything because it doesn't it doesn't necessarily affect us. And Riker's kind of like, yeah, and now we can make some different decisions. And there's a meaningful look at Worf. And Worf is like, yes, we will. Like, let's be friends. Let's not argue about Troy. Um, yeah, which, which I was like, that's kind of cute. Okay. It was, it was kind of cute. Like, I, I like them being friends. So I was like, yeah, okay, yeah, this yeah. is better than them being adversarial, which was annoying. And then at that moment, Troy walks in and like joins the game and pulls up a chair and they're like, cool. All right. You know, data starts to shuffle and stuff. And then Picard walks in and you just hear the music stop and everyone put yeah, their, their yeah. red cups down. Like, and this is where I stopped taking notes. I put my computer down and I yeah. just watched. Yeah. And I, this is the scene that gets me every time, every single time. I don't like this so episode. Good gets me every time where they're like, is everything all right? And Picard goes, no, um, I was actually just wondering like if, like if I could play, like if there's room. And I love that Beverly and Troy kind of go, whew, like there's not a problem, you know? And yeah. they kind of look at each other like, oh my God, he's coming to play. And he sits down to play. They make some room for him. Riker jumps up so fast. Right yeah, here, he's sir. Like, you can have course, my seat, sir. sir. Right here. Yeah. <laughs> Data's like, and you can deal. It's <laughs> like, okay. Yes, Everyone's like just was, welcoming him. It's really sweet. Yeah. And and Picard gets the deck, you know. Yeah, Data says you can deal. And he goes, oh, uh, okay. And starts shuffling. And he's like, I used to be really good at this. And you're like, you know what? That actually makes sense because all of them are playing now. They're yeah. going to be really good poker players when they're captains. Yeah. Or whatever. Yeah. Yes. And also his like whole gambling past and the, you know, in the academy with the Nausicans and all that. I'm like, mm-hmm. yeah, I totally could bet that you were pretty good card sharp. And Picard looks around and he goes, I should have done this a long time ago. And Troy's line, and I feel like I'm going to start crying now. She says it in the most perfect way. It's not overly saccharine. It's not fairy tale ending, but she goes, you are always welcome. And then mm-hmm. they start playing. And it's this overhead shot that starts to pan up from the cards being dealt. Mm-hmm. And I love that everybody's got like six chips and Riker has like 250. <laughs> <'Cause> he's <laughs> so good. And then the ship just sails off into a nebula and it's the most perfect like final shot that i just yeah you so the the part the part with Riker having a hundred you know 600 chips is like when that scene first started yeah somebody i think it was beverly was like how are you so good at this and Riker goes oh i cheat and Data looks at him like, oh my gosh, are you yeah. like, so and Worf is like, what? <laughs> and Riker's like, I'm kidding. It's just yeah. like, even just that, like that camaraderie, the joking, like yeah. the fellowship is really beautiful. Yeah. So the pans out and it's like the Enterprise goes off into space to do its its adventures. It doesn't feel like the end to me. It just feels like the end of the day. And tomorrow a new adventure starts. Which yes. I... the, the end of the end of a day, but the end of a big day. Like I love that mm-hmm. Picard made the choice to tell them everything because Mm -hmm. he could have been like, huh, I've been snapped back into right the second I was where I left. So like nobody needs to be the wiser about this, but I love his trust and faith in his friends that he's like, guys, this is what happened. And they're not going to think I'm crazy. Cause I guess at the very least you could do a scan and Beverly could be like, Oh yeah, you've made like, you know, a month's worth of memories in like five Mm -hmm. seconds. So I guess what you're saying is true. But they don't even need to do that. Like, I love that. It was, I love that it was his choice to mm-hmm. tell them that like it's the end of a big day it's like a day that like 
all's well that ends well, right? Like you're on the freeway, you get home safe, but in the meantime, like a car was sideswiped right in front of you. So you mm-hmm. know, like you were really close to something really bad happening, but you didn't and you were okay. So you go home with that like renewed sense of like, thank God, mm-hmm. you know, um, I love it so much. It makes me so happy to be like, bum, bum, bum. you know, they're yeah. just like continuing their day, but like a big day. Yeah. Oh. It was the perfect ending. I thought it was, I thought it was perfect. I felt really satisfied. I mean, the key yes. storyline I thought was stupid, but I do think they tied it up the best that they possibly could by opening that particular Pandora's box in the first place. I think they closed it as best as they could. But with this, and I'm glad that it ended with this scene, because had it ended with Q, that taste in my mouth would have been like, what? I'm confused. I'm still confused. Yeah. But because they said, like, okay, now? We're, we're gonna wrap that up and let's let's end on the the crew. Let's you end know, on the poker. The poker game was the perfect ending because at with this ending, I felt really satisfied. I didn't feel like I need to, where are they now? I need to know what happens in the next episode. It didn't feel like a cliffhanger. It didn't feel like, you know, I'm, I'm still hungry for more. It felt like, it felt like closure, but that good, healthy closure where you Mm -hmm. know that things moving on from here will be positive and good. As long as they go on, that's all I need to hear. And then lucky for us, we get a million movies and we get Picard and we get spinoffs. And so we now looking, you know, many, many, many decades back can be like, oh yeah, this didn't end at all. Like this is still going it right now. Go, we yeah. have like seven more spinoffs. Like this, this is yeah. not going anywhere. Um, and in my notes for my final thoughts, I put the end scene was everything. Yeah, which I already was. mentioned. And I also wrote that this episode was really cathartic. You know, it referenced history and it referenced the future, which I think adds to the feeling like the ship goes on mm-hmm. because we got to see a potential future. So, anyways, what are your final thoughts? <sighs> I have so many final thoughts and so many of them echo what you've just said. Yes, there was a great deal of catharsis in this episode because we got to see Tasha again, like Tasha lives. We got a future we didn't want to see with like Beverly and Picard being like married and divorced before anything even happened. And it's like, what the F? Like, we really wanted to see that. But OK, yeah. whatever. Such a I will I will I will get off that horse like I've eaten to death. Um, But also you're right. Like we also get to see some mistakes in the future that now knowing what we know, Riker and Worf like ha- are like together kind of like silently sort of making a pledge to not let this happen you know um i kind of wanted to see and there was no time for it but i kind of wanted to see a second where troy's like i'm excuse me hold up i'm i'm where in the future i'm dead what do you mean hold (laughs) on for for her to be like oh well you've told us all about like wharf and like data in the future what about me where am i yeah. And he's like, so what happened she's was, like, wow, did I go off on assignment? Well, a sort of assignment, you know, it's like, I, I but yeah, the end, the end scene is everything. I don't like the story because of how scattered it felt. Yeah. Um, I don't like that. It took so long for us to get like an idea to know like, what was going on to know what all. the hell was going on. Yeah. Like you and I know, minutes. we know, we know what's happening because we've seen it before, but for a first time viewer, it's like, somebody tell me what the F is going on. This is really frustrating. I will also say this on a personal note. Um, I apologize if my review has been bitchier and cattier than normal. Um, I've been really ill and I'm like, my body is just sort of repairing itself. And it was a very serious illness. So like mentally, I'm kind of repairing myself as well. And today was a tough day. Um, in like trying to recover. So I definitely felt more like uh, less inclined to like tolerate anything Mm -hmm. I didn't want to tolerate where I'm like F all of this. Right. So Mm -hmm. I hope that listeners are not like, 
man, Andrea was really off her form today. And also like, why are you being so mean? Um, so that might explain why. Um, the episode in general, I don't like, but there were moments, like you said, that were amazing. And um, I really wish they hadn't done the Alyssa loses the baby thing. That was so unnecessary. Mm-hmm. Um, but that end scene is wonderful. Every time I watch the end scene, including today, I cry. Mm-hmm. Um, and knowing that they go on and do movies and do all that. And also, I, I kind of like knowing that in this timeline, they go on and Worf and uh, Worf and Deanna are going to date. But we also know in the movies, like the very next movie that comes out, I think, like Riker and Deanna are getting married. So it's like, okay, so we get like the relationship we had hoped to see, but like mm-hmm. in the movies. And mm-hmm. I hope that's not a big spoiler because those movies came out like 28 years ago or whatever. So it's like, <laughs> if you didn't see it, at this, it's kind of like... How dare you spoil Titanic? It's like, but we all know what happens, right? Like, um, so yeah, but like it sinks. Yeah. <laughs> Charisse, spoiler much? God. If you don't um, like sinking ships, definitely give that one a skip. Not the one. Yeah. I did like that they brought Q back because he was the one that kicked this whole adventure yeah. off. So I did like that. Plus, I love Q as a character and yeah. I love John Delancey. So I was like, yay, you're back. Um, but yeah, so I have very like complicated feelings sort of about this episode. I I do love that as of this moment, you and I have reviewed, I think, 175 episodes and we haven't skipped a single one. And I will tell you, listeners, this one was a hard one. Just the note taking mm-hmm. logistically mm-hmm. alone. This is how you know we really do this for love. Of, yeah. of the show and for love of the podcast and for love of our listeners because we're like we're not going to leave our listeners hanging on the very last one yeah. even though this one was a beast to get but through you know what? i will say this is not this has not been the hardest one the hardest one i think in my recollection is do you remember that episode with q and the stupid like the pig, pig people the pig dog people <laughs> so that episode just so you guys know because i don't know if we said it back then we watched that episode. We despised that episode. We mm-hmm. reviewed that episode. And then we realized we never hit record. So after we reviewed that episode. Done. Yeah, after it was all done. So we reviewed that episode again. We had to go through that dog crap episode twice, three times. We had to watch <laughs> yeah. it the first time. Then we had to talk about it <laughs> twice. That was like three hours <laughs> on the worst 45 minutes of our <laughs> of <TNT> television lives. <laughs> so, I mean, it, I think that proved more love than... <laughs> like this is like we just have to finish but that you know, wasn't like not again not I, the dog I, pick I, people one more time I think, you, I think you're right and I will say full disclosure that was me that forgot to hit record and then ever since that episode Charisse was like I'll, I'll just handle the making sure we hit record part and I was like thank you so much but the minute I went to hit unrecord and then the little recording like hadn't been on the whole time my face went oh oh no and I didn't even have to say anything Charisse went you didn't hit record, did you? And I was like, no. And she went, where's the end recording button? And I was like, um, I can't see it on my side. Can you not see it on your side? And you're like, no. And I was like, did you hit the record button to start with? And you're like, no. Sharice went, you didn't hit record, did you? And I went, no. And I felt like the worst human being in history. And then she just went, 
that sucks. Okay, we'll just we'll just record it tomorrow. Like we'll try again tomorrow because we were like we are not talking about this uh, back to back. Like we'll do it tomorrow. By and the way, did. this that was like our third episode we reviewed that day. Yeah, so we, we were, were so, so early. We were so early in the in the recording of the podcast. We should save all this for next week's episode. But yeah, we were so early in the podcast <laughs> that we didn't know how many we could record in a sitting before we like turns out two. our brains fried. Yeah, yeah it turns, turns out two. And this is how we learned that is stuff like yeah. this where we're like, okay, that was too many. So this was already like our third episode we were recording of the day. And then it was like, you know what? Let's just pick this up another time. And Let's I remember, yeah, Andrea was like, <laughs> I feel so bad. And I was like, it could literally happen to anyone. It's just, and this I said, is why Sharice is the and best said, person to be friends with. Because she's know, like, it could happen to anyone. It's fine. Yeah, it absolutely <laughs> could. And it happens. To, I think every podcaster has had this happen at least one time in their podcasting <laughs> life. Like this yeah, has happened. And I said, at least we didn't have a guest because that would have been, because I just, I hate, I hate, I hate the back and forth of scheduling like so much. Like I hate it that it's always like Monday, no Tuesday, no, like I hate that. So I was like, at least it wasn't that. Cause then we'd have to do that <laughs> again. Like, so anyways, yeah. So this was, this was a lot to get through. It wasn't our hardest. Uh, it also wasn't it was, the most I would fun. Say, I would say it was one of my hardest, but it's probably because where I am yes. in my real life, in my day, like yeah. being hospitalized for a week and then being only like four days out of hospital and mm-hmm. my body is still and really being like, two days at home, like day and a yeah. half at home. Yeah. Like I stayed with my mom. I stayed with my mom for a few days. Cause like she was scared to death. I was scared to death. Right. So there was a lot of stuff, but also, you know, knowing my mom is like Luxana, I was like, okay, it's been three days. I got to go home or I'm going to like kick the dog. Like I need to go. <laughs> so, yeah. So, and I'm still like, my sleep is still not ironed out, which is so critical to like your body's recovery. So there's, that's, I'm giving you guys a lot, but all of that is to say, if I'm, extra bitchy and just really not having it. (laughs) This is why. So, but I am also really thankful to be alive, to be recording this because there were moments where that might've not been a possibility. So I'm like, I'm just really, really glad I'm here to talk about this episode. So yeah, it's not an episode I like, but I'm thrilled to be here and I'm thrilled to be here with you friend because the alternative is pretty scary yeah yeah the alternative is yeah is really grim and I'm, I'm glad yeah. you're here too I'm glad we're able to do this recording and I'm glad that this is not our last episode this is not our no, last episode not. of podcasting but it's also not our last episode of the TNG podcast we have one count it one more podcast and that episode's <laughs> going to be coming out in real time next you know next week on Thursday like it always yeah. does um but if you're listening to this in the future hey future hope it's going really good it's don't get out. into a fight over Deanna don't do it. it just just bury the hatchet and be friends okay um so <laughs> our very last episode is going to be our infamous rap episode like we do at the yep. end of every season except for but this is going one. to be yeah, a big one because we're not even going to wrap the season we're going to wrap the whole show so we're going to talk about our very most favorite episodes. We're finally going to give you a top 10 list-ish um, of our absolute That's favorite episodes. That's actually got 10-ish episodes. It's not going to be like 74. Right, right, right. <laughs> it's got 10. 10-ish, but it's got 10-ish from both of us. Yeah, it's like a 20-ish or less ep- Well, we uh, haven't even discussed our list, and I'm guessing so many of our tops are going to be similar. They that it's absolutely really, will. It's really going to be like 14 or 16. It yeah. will be. It'll be like top 12. Yeah. Like it's going to be, it's yeah. going to be a lot of overlap. And we're also going to tell you our least favorite episodes. Um, it'd be kind of fun. You know, if you're listening to this in real time, you should email us or or Instagram us your guesses of what our tops yes. are going to be, because I think that'll just be fun. And I, and I'm sure you're going to get some very correct. Is it, is it, is it Aquiel girl? Cause I feel like it's Aquiel. We're going to find out. <laughs> we're going to find out. Um, yeah. yeah. So, and we've also got a really big announcement about our next project that we're mm-hmm. so excited to talk to you guys about. So we're not going anywhere. 
TNG may be over, but we are not. And, um, you know, what kind of nerds was, would we be if we didn't continue something in science fiction? So there's lots of that to come. And we're and beyond we will, excited about we that. We will reveal that in mm-hmm. the next episode. Yeah. But it's going to be like an American Idol thing where it's going to take 59 minutes to get to the reveal. <laughs> no, it won't. Okay, we're not doing I promise we're not doing that because I hate but that. But first we have to flash to the future and then the past and then the present and then the future and then the past <laughs> and then the present. And then Q's going to show up and be like, what's your next podcast? And I we're going to be like, open your mind, Q, to yeah. understand the depths. Yeah, that's yeah. what it's going to be. Um, and then we're all going to play poker. Yeah. <laughs> so here's how I'm going to end this week's episode. Obviously, we have our big series wrap next week. But because I like a good loop, I'm going to say next week, guys, we are breaking down season one, episode one, Encounter at Farpoint. Thank you so much for nerding out with us. And we'll see you next week. Bye. Thanks for geeking out with us. Be sure to join the crew at thetngpodcast.com to be the first to know when we do our live shows or host events exclusively for our members. See you next time.